We've had this discussion before. We really have. A number of times we have it kind of on the daily. But I always seem to circle back around to needing to convince people that Christian Watson's heading to the moon. And when reports like this come out where Jordan Love continues to get praise from teammates and coaches and everybody watching him, it just it makes me want to come out and, and beat the drum a little longer, a little louder to try and get more of you to understand what time it is right now. And it is, it is Christian Watson time. It is Jordan Love time. And people that aren't on board are going to be pretty ashamed of themselves by the, the, the uh, by week 17's end. So let's let's dig into the question about how good Watson can be, how good Jordan Love can be, break down some of the news, phone calls will be had, super chats will be answered. And, and I left a super chat out there uh, at the end of last show by Bryson. Bryson, I'm, I'm taking care of this as soon as we get through the, the Christian Watson news. Uh, he wants to know who to take at number nine overall. I'm going to tell you, Garrett Wilson's my pick so far, my guy, in case you need an answer now. But I'll dig into your question in details, uh, with details and dig into it um, for you right before your draft. The Fantasy Football Show, Christian Watson edition, begins right now. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Christian, whoa, what's going on here? What's going on here? Christian Watson, ladies and gentlemen. Christian Watson, what a what a marvel this man is. There should be a statue of Christian Watson uh, in front of, of all of our homes right now. This man is going to become a top 6 to 10 wide receiver, Christian Watson, in 2023. And Jordan Love needs to be talked about as well, right alongside of him. Jordan Love is doing, is is making a name for himself amongst his teammates and everybody that's watching him without even yet playing what a hundred snaps. I, I get I get that he hasn't played a lot of football. I get that you have one half to watch. I get that there's a lot of concern. But the thing with Jordan Love is no one's drafting him to start. Everyone's drafting him as a, a super flex quarterback, I suppose, and I am. I am. I'm, I'm all in on Jordan Love as my number two quarterback in super flex, and I'm all in on him being my backup quarterback as well. What I'm concerned about, which fan, what fantasy owners should be concerned about, is can he deliver the football to Christian Watson? And we got a $20 holler from Bama already, right out of the gate. Alert. Super chat alert. Right out of the gate. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, can Christian Watson, Bama's the man. Bama's the man dropping a $20 super chat at the beginning of the show. Uh, he says, what's up, Smitty? Appreciate that. Uh, where did that graphic, or where did that other one go? Shoot, where's that guy's question? Bryson's, here it is. Bryson, I got your question. Bryson, I got your question in here somewhere. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack Bryson's question in a minute. Garrett Wilson's the answer. But back, back on point here, Watson. I have confidence enough in Jordan Watson to get the football. Uh, Jordan Watson. Jordan Love to get 
Christian Watson. I call when I when I draft him together. I call it Jordan Watson. When Jordan Love gets onto the field last year and plays a half of football, he throws a missile to this guy Christian Watson, and Christian Watson scores a touchdown. His only touchdown pass was to this man. So yes, yeah, small sample of games to look at, but I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this guy is going to be an absolute. Uh, top 5 to 10 Marvel. Let me see if I can get that question back on screen. There it is. I got it right here, Bryson. I'm going to attack it in a second. Um, Moon Man. Moon Man extraordinaire Christian Watson. The Moon Man. Dropping loads in outer space. There, there's a reason he's been on this list from almost the conception, the, the inception space of it. Monsters. The inception of this list early on, early on in the offseason, Christian Watson was one of the first names added. Uh, Bijan was one of the first names added. Chris Olave was one of the first names added. Uh, we've since added Kincaid and Fields and T-Law and Tank Dell and Tony and Dotson and Pickens. and But we've had, in Swift, we've had a few of these guys on from the very, very beginning. The founders of the 2023 Moon Man. They were Bijan, Gibbs, Christian Watson, uh, London, Olave, Garrett Wilson, these are the founding fathers of the 2023 Moon Man list. So it, it shouldn't be looked at like this is some sort of like bold prediction. This is your boy telling you all offseason long, not just the last month or so, not just since Jordan Love news has crept up. The fact that this is coming out right now, all this Jordan Love positive talk. And I know someone's going to say, these guys are idiots, Smitty. Why is Dobbs saying there's no difference between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love? Like is he? What's he? What's he on? What's this guy on? Some of Rogers' psychedelics that Rogers left behind in his locker. Did Dobbs pop a couple of them and maybe going on some kind of wild trip, or did uh, uh, Jair Alexander trip and hit his head when he says that he's the best quarterback in football? I I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and act like Jordan Love is the best quarterback in football. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. And act like Jordan Love is a top five quarterback. But I do want to stop for a moment and acknowledge that some big name players like Jair Alexander are calling him the best quarterback in football. And I'm not I'm not saying that I'm saying he hit his head. I am saying he hit his head a little bit when he said that. But the fact that he'll even put his balls on the line, and, and it's not like he was asked by a reporter that question. This is kind of went like when Tyreek Hill put his balls on the line and said that Tua was the most accurate quarterback in the league. Tua ended up having a very solid year that made a lot of us, including me, and I admit it, doubters of Tua doing well in that offense made us look a little silly because Tua did play very well. He's very top six quarterback, like in the Miami Dolphins system under Miami Mike with a track and field wide receiver crew. I don't like Tua Tagovailoa anywhere near my top five, six, seven quarterbacks, even this year, even with the upside that that offense does have, even after proving he could be top six, 10, top six to 10 in that offense. But my point is that you've got a lot of people talking Jordan Love up and instead of making fun of how how bold they're, they're getting, like Jair Alexander saying number one quarterback in the league, instead of making fun of him and saying that that's ridiculous, which it kind of is, it's like, Take take it for what it is. He's telling you Jordan loves for real. Jair Alexander's catching footballs against him in practice. If if Alexander 
isn't just being asked a random question at a podium. Hey, do you, do you like Jordan Love? Yeah, he's good. He's going to be great. He's getting in front of cameras while Jordan Love's getting interviewed. Like he's his boy. Like he, like they're best friends. I, I don't think Jair, Jair Alexander would become best friends and buddy-buddy with a player he didn't believe in, number one. Number two, he runs up behind him, gets him like in a little headlock while Jordan Love's getting interviewed and says, this is the best quarterback in the NFL. And even though we know it's not true, he is going to bat for him constantly. And I believe, Alexander, that Jordan Love's going to shine. Not just be good or me mediocre, but shine. And given we had none of this when we were talking about all of this, when I told you that Christian Watson was going to the moon, going to Mars, going to Saturn, when we're trying to figure out if there are rings around your Watson, I told you this before any of this was happening. So my point here is that if we believed in this kid no matter what, even under the assumption that Jordan Love would be okay, not great, but okay, what do you think is going on inside my soul right now when I'm hearing constant this guy's amazing he's the best quarterback no difference between him and Rodgers now Dobbs is kind of stepping out of bounds a little bit there too saying no difference but then again he's catching footballs from Jordan Love doesn't he have the right to say that when I'm going out there and catching a football I don't see a difference I really love what I'm seeing out of Jordan Love he's kind of allowed to say that and I think that he has the ability to at least make a judgment for himself that he loves catching footballs from Jordan Love more than Aaron Rodgers if he wanted to. And if Jair Alexander is going to make it a point to go in front of cameras on his own with a big grin on his face, grabbing his new buddy Jordan Love in a headlock, going, this is the best court, my best friends, the best quarterback, bunk beds, karate in the garage, we're doing it live, we're zipping it around. If he's going to make such a big deal out of Jordan Love being the best quarterback in the National Football League, which we know is not true. We know it's not true. Calm down, keyboard Caleb out there saying, Richard Mandy, he's not. We know he's not. But if Alexander's saying these things, why aren't we more excited about not only Jordan Love, but more excited about Christian Watson? And I'm not complaining. Because I hope that everybody's not excited about him. I hope we continue to steal him away. And I've seen him go in the three and a half round range. And sometimes the four and a half round range. And everywhere in between. Uh, gifted memberships by Bama. Dropping 10 gifted memberships moon. on all of you. Appreciate you. Phone lines will be open in just a little bit, guys. Hang tight. Um, I, I don't open the phone lines right now during the busier season until the news is done. And then the phone lines are open pretty much the whole show. But we got we got a $20 super chat from Bama. 10 gifted memberships from Bama. Bama to the absolute moon. In fact, he deserves a standing ovation for that one. Bama doing Bama things. Um, I, I just have to say this. And I'm going to read this again right here. Packers wide receiver Romeo Dobbs said that Jordan Love can do the same exact thing as Aaron Rodgers. He said this multiple times now. Love has been drawing high praise from his teammates this offseason. Dobbs continues to acclaim uh, for, uh, for Love, saying he didn't see a difference between him and Rodgers earlier when he talked about it. And Packers corner Jair Alexander called him the best QB in the league. And again, please, Caleb, calm down. Calm down, Caleb. No one's saying he's the best player but Alexander at the quarterback position in the NFL. But start taking notice of the continued praise 
that this man's getting in a franchise that has had two quarterbacks before any of your mothers decided to Netflix and chill with your father and cook you up as some sort of new being in this world. Before they even planned to have you, there was only one or two quarterbacks on the verge for 20, to, for how many, since 1992? Since 1992, since 1992, 1993, there have been two quarterbacks in Green Bay. Two quarterbacks. We're talking about 30 years of having two quarterbacks. And this franchise is trying to tell you that this might just be the next quarterback that plays over a decade for them. I'm not saying it's a, it's a lock. I'm saying that we need to give the Green Bay Packers, who have had two quarterbacks since 1992... You guys understand how long ago that was? 1992? You're talking about, honestly, you're talking about four years before any of you even knew what the internet was. If you were even born. Like, that, that's when this two-quarterback regime started. I, I, I just think people need to understand how crazy that is. There's so many people like me, Cardinal fan. We've had so many quarterbacks. Two quarterbacks. They've had two quarterbacks since 1992-93. That's insane. Watson's going to the moon. You can get on board if you want. And you can not understand what this kid did last year because some of you are going to come in and run your mouth about how he's not elite. He doesn't catch the football well. He runs. We had, we had who was it? It was it scared was it scared Scotty that called in and said he, he doesn't he doesn't know. Who was it? Who called in yesterday? Who called in yesterday and ran their mouth about Christian Watson not being go oh, it was Okafer. Okafer called in and started talking this mess about how he's only fast. He you know, he's they scheme for him. <laughs> like that's a bad thing. Look at what this kid did in a four game stretch. Four games, I tell you, not four games out of the season put together and to try and paint some very nice picture. Christian Watson in week 10 caught four passes for 107 and three touchdowns. The very next week, two touchdowns and 48 yards. And might I remind you that this week 10 outing was against the the. Dallas Cowboy defense. This week 10 outing was against the Dallas Cowboy defense. Three touchdowns, 107. Next game, 48 for two. Next game, 110 and one. Next game, 48 and one. With an additional rushing 46-yard touchdown run. That is three, five, six, seven, eight. If you went to college, this is why your parents sent you. Eight touchdowns, if we add those numbers up, in a four-game span. One, two, three, four. That is almost right here. This is almost a 100-yard game right here. 100-yard game, 100-yard game, almost a 100-total-yard game with two touchdowns in this game. Only one game during these four games did he have just one single touchdown. He had three, two, and two. You do not trip and fall into these numbers. You just don't do it. There's no possible way to explain these numbers. There's no possible way to say this is an outlier. There's no possible way to overlook what you just saw. There's nobody. I can't think of a player in the last 10 years that has had this kind of season 
in four straight games at the wide receiver position that was not some established Randy Moss type player. This is the most unbelievable stretch of four games for an unknown player that I can ever recall. Ever recall. And, and the reception totals weren't even crazy high. You're talking about four, 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 and three receptions. You're talking about having 15 receptions. Or no, no, I'm sorry. He had 12, 12, 15, yeah, 15 receptions. 15 receptions in that four-game span. And he did all of this damage. I don't understand. I don't understand. Where is all this Jordan Love admiration coming from? I just explained it, my guy. The entire, the entire team is behind this kid. And he's doing amazing things out there. Where is it coming from? How about the practice field, Exodus? How about the practice field? How about the fact that Jair Alexander is going up against him in practice? Do you think he's just saying, oh, we, we played Madden. That's the only thing we've done so far, Exodus, is play Madden. We played Madden together, and he he he's, he does he plays Madden as well as Aaron Rodgers. These comments are coming because they're on the field. Where is all the admiration coming from? Triple question mark. Very wrong usage of a of a, a punctuation. You gotta have a you gotta have a case here, Exodus. If you don't, if you actually are using three question marks or three eyeball emojis or, or something excessive like that. Where's the admiration coming from? Watching him play, playing against him, catching the football. Where do you think it's coming from? It's coming from the magic that Jordan Love is spreading all over the Green Bay Packer practice field. That's where it's coming from. In this game log, these four games in a row, you cannot trip and fall into these numbers. And might I remind every single one of you that one of these games, uh, was it the, which which game was it? With the, yeah, I think it was the week 13 game, I think it was. Jordan Love comes in and throws that missile touchdown reception to our boy, Christian Watson. Can't trip and fall into those numbers. If you're not on board the Christian Watson train based on everything that I've presented in this 18 minutes of the beginning of the show, I can't help you anymore. I can't help you. I don't mind if you stay. I I, I love having you here. We won't always agree, but I can't help you. I, 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 I'm acknowledging that I'm not doing my job properly. I'm failing. If you, if you don't like Christian Watson after today, after all the evidence that I've explained to you, the evidence that I explained already to get him on the moon man list, he's been on the moon man list because of all of the numbers from last year and the eyeball test and everything that we've seen, the fast tracking of this kid's career. He's like a three or four year veteran walking into his second year. That's what Aaron Rodgers can do to you. That's what Aaron Rodgers will do to you. Ziggy, show me the front door. That is what happens when Aaron Rodgers gets his hand on the putty that is a young wide receiver. Uh, let's see who's at the door right now. Is it the mailman? Is it food delivery from Miss Smitty? What is it? What, what's going on here? Oh, Miss Smitty, okay. Ziggy, off. Watson, if I, if I couldn't convince you before, when I didn't have any sort of Jordan Love material or information, if I didn't have Dobbs saying he's amazing... Jair Alexander saying he's way more than amazing. Having the entire team get his back. Having the organization repeatedly in the offseason say that they're 
They're they're obsessed in a way with Jordan Love. They're they're very much intrigued by him. They love Jordan Love. They gave him a little contract extension. They didn't pick up his fifth year option, and rather they gave him a, a, a an increase in salary um, to wet his beak a little bit. And and certainly he will be franchise tagged and then signed to a long-term deal if he goes out there and has the year that I predict he will have. He will go out there and have an amazing year. If I can't convince you with all the facts that are on the table for Watson, in addition to giving you this Jordan Love information over and over and over and and telling you that, trust me, Jordan Love's going to be way better than everyone expects. He's going to be starter material. You don't draft him to start. You can easily get him as your second quarterback, but he might create a problem on your roster where you're like, I kind of want to put Jordan Love in. I drafted, let's say, a uh, Lamar Jackson, and I've got Jordan Love popping off on my bench. I could trade Lamar and go get a a, a, a a player that's maybe slumping a little bit in the beginning of the season, but you believe in him and you get this wide receiver, this wide receiver one that's playing like a low-end wide receiver two, but you believe in him and you trade Lamar Jackson away or you go get Kenneth Walker in some sort of trade because you drafted Charbonnet and now you could trade Lamar for Kenneth Walker because you were so astute. And you got Jordan Love and maybe even another player on your bench like Derek Carr. And you're like, I'm going to roll the dice. Maybe you have uh, Anthony Richardson and Jordan Love. And you also drafted a quarterback because you're astute. And you know what time it is. And you go scooping up quarterbacks when the value's there. And you can make some sort of trade. I can't help you. I can't help you. At this point, I can't help you if you don't love Christian Watson and everything that I've presented today. Bama's gifting 20 YouTube exclusive memberships. Alert. Super chat alert. Now, is uh, is Bryson in here? Bryson, speak up if you're in here, pal. Here's Bryson's question that he asked earlier. Bryson said, I'm debating on drafting or uh, I'm debating I'm drafting tonight in a league and not sure if Bijan is picked before me. So obviously go Bijan if he's there. Uh, but at nine, um, I'm picked nine out of 10. At number nine, who do you take? Barkley, JT. Honestly, in a 10-man league, I'm more intrigued by the wide receiver, wide receiver approach, Bryson, than than I could be in a 12-man. And I'm, and I'm intrigued in a 12-man because your running backs are obviously going to you know, last a lot longer in a 10-man each round. You have two less rounds than the average, you know, draft. So you're going to easily end up getting a Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet later, but Kenneth Walker, like in round five, probably, you're going to be able to get a Pacheco and McKinnon to go along with that. You could get an Alvin Kamara. Bro, Gibbs is going to fall to you. Here's my win-a-league advice for you, Bryson. Bryson, are you ready to dominate your grandma league right now in this 10-man league? Listen up. Jameer Gibbs falls to round four. I, I have a feeling you're going to get him in this draft, in this this draft of grandmas, this league of legend grandmas. You get Gibbs in four, you might as well walk straight to the bank. You could get Gibbs and you could get Walker and couple those two together as your second or your third and fourth drafted players. And you could go Garrett Wilson and St. Brown at the top of, of round one and, and two. Garrett Wilson and Olave, I'll be fine with two. In fact, that might even be, that might be, that's intriguing, but you probably will get St. Brown. You could get Garrett Wilson and St. Brown in this 10-man league um, and, 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 and then maybe punt running back until the 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 Gibbs 
territory. Like, but I take Bijan though. I take Bijan for sure and still get Gibbs. I take Bijan, Gibbs, and Walker. We could turn Bryson. I could turn this wide receiver, wide receiver advice right now for rounds one and two into a Bijan, Garrett Wilson, and still get Kenneth Walker and Jameer Gibbs and be fine with that. I don't. I don't set my. As you can tell, I don't set my sights on a certain strategy. I go best player available. But I'm certainly not as intrigued about Barkley right now as maybe I should be. And I admit that. But I'm just so excited about the later running backs that I, th I feel like you can scoop up Gibbs and Walker and win a league, bro. I feel like that, that would be the advice I would give you. JT and, and, and Barkley, there's nothing wrong with those guys. But for some reason, I'm not liking them as much. I like Bijan. If you get Bijan and Garrett Wilson, that would be ideal from those spots. If not... I think you'll be fine going double wide receiver if the value's there. Uh, we got David on the phone real quick. David, what, what can I do for you, David? What's going on, Smitty? I've got a uh, trade question in a Superflex Dynasty League. Um, I've currently got Garrett Wilson and Rashad White, and I've got a trade offer sent to me for Amon Ra and Josh Jacobs. What's your opinion on it? So you'd be getting Josh Jacobs and Amon Ra. You'd be giving up Garrett Wilson and R Rashad White? Yes. God, I, I hate giving up Garrett Wilson. The thing is, St. Brown is really close to him. And I don't like Jacobs, but Jacobs has a lot more value. than This is a dynasty, though? It is. Jacobs has more value than Rashad. P part of me, I hate, I hate telling you to do this to just make another trade, but it, it feels like you could, you could get rid of Jacobs for a whole lot more. But then again, what if there's no trade value for him? I mean, you're obviously you're having to trade Garrett Wilson to get it done. I don't know. What's the chat think on that one? Like, I like Garrett Wilson more than, than St. Brown, but St. Brown is super good, bro. Like I'm, I'm still, I'm still, still very intrigued getting St. Brown as my first overall player in a dynasty startup. But Garrett Wilson's a, a four, four draft slots ahead of him or something like that for me. So that's that's a tough decision because I hate Jacobs, but part of me wonders if you can, you can turn him into like a London. Part of me wonders if you could turn him into a, at a minimum, like a. I feel like Walker's got that kind of value. I feel like Jacobs and Walker are very similar value in a dynasty in some people's minds. So I'd be I'd be tempted, but at the same time, Garrett Wilson's like I just don't want to get rid of Garrett Wilson. Uh, my and, other running backs are Brees Hall and Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, if Rashad White's not horrible, I, I like him a lot. I hate his situation. I'm going to go ahead and say keep Garrett Wilson, bro. I can't get rid of Garrett Wilson. That's, that's kind of where I was leaning. I think he could be a top five wide receiver easily yeah. this year. I just, I just wish you could, like, if you knew you could trade Jacobs for, like, a Walker or something, then St. Brown and Walker would be way better, you know? But I just don't know if you're going to get rid of him. In a dynasty, nobody might want him. I don't know. It, it, you know, it could be one of those things where you set up a trade in advance, and then you pull out both of them at the same time or you don't do it. Like a contingency. Like when you're selling a house, you can only buy another house if you're contingent on selling your current house. And like make it make it that sort of thing. Like talk to somebody in advance. Say if I got Jacobs, will you give me Walker? No, I won't. What if I gave you what if I gave you Rashad White 
you know, or no, you get rid of no, you're getting rid of Rashad White. Yeah, you get rid of Rashad White. What if I gave you a second rounder and Jacobs for Walker? Oh, okay, then I would do that. You get that like you know, spit in your hand, make a handshake with them, then go execute the other trade. That's the only way that I'm doing that, bro. That's the only way. While we're on the uh, Christian Watson train, he also has Christian Watson. Do you think it'd be a good move to swap out Jacobs for Watson? Yeah, like, so you're telling me you could Don't get you could get St. Brown and Christian Watson for Garrett for Wilson Rashad and Rashad White, White and Garrett Wilson. Well, my question to you would be, what would make you think that wouldn't be amazing to me after my rant that I just did? So there's that. Um, the, and, and the reason that it in the I, reason I, that I don't think it would be amazing is solely because my other running backs are Brees Hall and Isaiah Pacheco, and then I fall off a cliff, and I have Kareem Hunt and. So you're so you're really willing it. to sacrifice talent, value, glory for a position just because he just because a person plays a certain position. You know what I mean? Like you can't you can't say, "Oh, Jacobs is the better addition because I need a running back." Like you don't necessarily even for sure need a running back. You got two good running backs. I'm not saying don't continue to try and build or bolster or improve your running back room, but you can't turn down a, jo- a, a Christian Watson for Josh Jacobs if just because you're worried about your running back position. What if you're worried about your running back position the exact same amount of worry? Based on Jacobs being that, like, Jacobs is not a guy I want. But if you like Jacobs, don't let me talk you out of that. Like, I'm, I'm, different. oh, I'm not in love with Jacobs at all. Yeah. So, but like, if you're not, why would you I, want him? Why would you want him over Watson, year. though? Why would you want him over Watson just because you're worried about RBs when you have two RBs? You know, like, you make another trade. I just, there's no way. I'm, there's no way I'm, leave, I'm leaving Watson on, on the table here and taking. Jacobs. That's like taking a twenty dollar bill when someone's trying to give you a hundred dollar bill. You're like, but I want, I want twenties. Twenties are the ticket. Twenties are the answer. I want twenty dollar bill. I don't want a hundred. <laughs> it won't fit in my. You know what you're. You know what you're. And and, and uh, is this David? David, don't take offense to this. I'm just. Tr- I'm trying to train you. I'm your coach. Okay, so I'm going to yell at you. High knees. High oh, knees. No, when I yell at you. Exactly. It, I when call. I yell at you, it's high knees. That's all I'm doing. Um. You 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 taking you taking Jacobs over Watson. It feels like it feels like you telling me you don't want the hundred dollar bill instead of the twenty because you you know you have some of or no. Let me put it this way: you could have you could have a twenty dollar bill or a hundred ones. Okay, and I'm not I'm not saying Watson's a hundred ones, although he's undervalued and maybe people view him as ones. And Jacob as a twenty, but you you're basically being offered a twenty dollar bill or a hundred dollars in ones. You're rejecting the hundred dollars in ones because you don't want to have them in your pocket. It's a little bulky, you know. I'd rather just have the twenty dollar bill instead of the hundred ones, you know. When you could just go cash them in for a hundred dollar bill, like you can't pass on Christian Watson if you believe him to be what I'm saying him to be. If you don't, that's fine too. I'm not mad at you over that. But this is this is a, 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 a mere case of wanting a position and not a player. You always should think to yourself, who's the better fantasy football player? Who can win me a league? 
And maybe some out, some angry Angus out there is watching it, loves Josh Jacobs, and they're like, Smitty, you're going to be sorry. Like, people get really angry when I talk about their players that they own in Dynasty. It, if, if they have them, they're upset. You know, no matter what, they really feel down deep. But I can't tell you how many people are going to come at me probably in the next couple of days in a DM or a comment or whatever and say, Smitty, you're going you're gonna to see. Jacobs is going to prove you so wrong. I can't believe you like Christian Watson over Jacobs, but... That's just me. That's why we play the game. Um, Ron got his cousin's emoji, emoji. Appreciate the super chat. Use them. Use them. Uh, use them while you can, Ron. You got the cousins. The the, the timer starts now. It's uh, July twenty second. So what? On uh, we'll give you until the what is that? The first, the second, third. Yeah, we'll give you. T- we'll give. We'll give you till. No, no. We'll give you till. Uh, the 29th. We'll give you till the 29th, Ron. You can you, you can use uh, the cousins and picket emojis until the 29th. We decided to grace Ron with some emojis that he wasn't able to use or have, and and uh, I believe uh, who was it that super chatted to to get you that uh, cousins emoji? Who was that? Was that Vamp? That was Vamp. Yeah, Vamp super chatted and got Ron a cousins emoji. He requested it, so Ron's got cousins and picket for until the 29th. We'll give him until the 29th. Um, Oh, we got a twenty dollars super chat. Hold on, this one's oh. from this one's from Bama. Oh, Bama said it should go till the July fourth, his birthday. Yeah. Alert! Super chat alert! Bama dropping another super chat says uh, uh, Gibbs and St. Brown Silva. I don't know what that's about, but I love I love St. Brown and Gibbs. I love Gibbs. And, 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 hey, David, if you can somehow get your hands on the number two overall pick or if you've already drafted Gibbs, like, that's another move that I love. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if if Jacob's in a future. It, was a, br- it was a brand new startup, so unfortunately, rookies are off the table now. Well, Jacob's in a future first, you know, might land you a Gibbs if the person's a, a noob. It doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, oh, I'm trying uh, to squeeze out uh, Kendra Miller and Christian Watson instead of Jacob. So I didn't. I didn't even put this together. Christian Silva's super chat here that I haven't got to yet says Gibson, St. Brown, or Hall and Wilson, and then Bama actually super chatted twenty dollars responding to that, and I had it on my screen. I'm like, I don't know what this is. They're like side by side. <laughs> uh, Gibson, St. Brown, or Hall and Wilson. Um, honestly, I don't, I don't, I'm not as confident as Bama to say one is better than the other. I think Gibson St. Brown is glorious. I think Wilson and Hall is glorious, man. Those are, uh, somebody's got some loud background noise. If you can mute real quick. I don't know where, where you're at. It sounds like you're at the laundry mat. Um, if you could just mute it real quick, Christian. Yeah. Christian, I don't know which one's better to be honest. I, I they're both, they both have pros and cons, you know, Long-term Hall and Wilson could prove to be potentially better is my gut, but short-term as we, and I'm not saying Brees is going to struggle, but just short-term as Brees gets more and more carries, he's naturally going to be dialed back a little bit as they ease him in, but not dialed back to where you don't absolutely get, you know, you know, running back one potential, but Gibbs and St. Brown, I guess initially, but that's dead even, bro. That's like I don't even know how to quantify that. That's that's an amazing duo on both sides. So Christian, I love both sides. Uh, chat vote. The chat can vote on uh, what side they like. 
um, Gibson, St. Brown, or Holland Wilson. Vote for Christian Silva. And thank you, Bama, for dropping a $20 hauler to answer Silva's question. He wants Gibson, St. Brown. We got Scared Scott on the phone. All right. This isn't about a player. Well, it is. But this is about a draft question. I, uh, I'm getting towards the end of, my, of this draft, and I, I got three picks left. Last two has to be a kicker and a defense. But uh, uh, I had paid to move forward a little bit to get in front of a guy that also had one quarterback. That's all I got. So that I could, I was going to go get Purdy. Um, Take Frank Gore. As uh, my second quarterback in a, in a one quarterback league. But I have five wide receivers Diggs, Allen, Ridley, Watson, and Zay Flowers. Um, it's a three, a three wide receiver league with a flex, two running backs. Wingo and Hyatt are still sitting out there. And I should be able to get one of them. Should I pass on getting my quarterback and grabbing one of those two? I don't know, bro. This is like, uh, I mean, you could go a hundred different ways. What other quarterbacks are out there? Is, Is Jordan Love still out there? Did you literally punt no, QB2, so you're just like... Take, I mean, Purdy's no sure. lock for anything. Purdy may not even start week one. He may start week one. He may start week one and get hurt. You know, we don't really know. But I, I think... Uh, I mean, what's number nine quarterback from the time that he, he started to the end of the year? I, I, I don't know, bro. I mean, this is just a preference thing. This is, there's no there's no real answer here. Like, if it's is it dynasty? Is it pure dynasty? No, it's not dynasty at all. Then I'm not. Go, then I probably would back up my quarterback. It's a pretty important position to back up versus going and getting a, a rookie that you could pick up in week four or five. Hyatt's not going to do a ton in week one. Mingo might not do a ton in week one. I mean, they might, but you'll have time to pick those guys up. You probably should have grabbed another quarterback for sure. Um, I never. I, I don't care. One QB league doesn't matter. I I, I certainly take the QB position ultra serious. And I draft an Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. I grab somebody like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to grab a quarterback. I don't know if Sam Howell's an, another decent option that's probably available for you, but you certainly need yeah. to grab a backup QB. He's not going to get drafted, so I was. How are you? How are you not worried about Purdy, Scott? Scott, you're scared of everything. How are you not scared of Brock Purdy? I think he looked great last year. I think he's got the position when he comes back. I got Justin Fields as my starting quarterback. There isn't anybody I would take right now that I would ever start over him at any point, except except on bye weeks or if he gets hurt. Uh, so I wasn't concerned about really getting a. I'm I just, just surprised Purdy doesn't scare you. Purdy was going to drop. The fact is, if you look at his numbers for from the. Gate from the first game he started to the end of the season, he was number nine. Well, Scott, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, teams have unprepared for him. There's no film on him. Um, he's got a, a repaired UCL that he's that he's gonna you know potentially rush back and play. Uh, he started to get a little bit more figured out. If you look at right before he got injured, he was throwing some bad passes. His arm is is average to good, not great. 
Um, there's a lot of things to be concerned about. Purdy's not going to just... A lot of times a guy comes in like that. I mean, look at Baker. When Baker came into that one game at the end of the year for the Rams and just looked good that game, like, you can't replicate that on a season. Sometimes coming in without any film, nobody knowing you're coming, it is a lot, 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 lot easier to do what he did, but... I don't think I'd expect I, I, top eight quarterback numbers. I'm a 49ers numbers. fan. I watched I him tell. play. I thought he had great for the offense. Yeah, I mean, he did. He did, but there's a lot of risk there. I'm just I'm surprised you aren't petrified about that situation, given his injury and everything, and given the craziness of, of that is Kyle Shanahan with the quarterback position. Uh, but anyway, I would have addressed that. But yeah, get, go get Purdy back up your situation. Uh, hang tight, Scott. Uh, scared Scott. We'll come back to you if you have anything else you're scared about. And uh, Ron Navy, okay. what do you what do you got, Ron? Hey, I got a cartoon idea for you. All right. It's that you know the one where you did with uh, Rogers and uh, Garrett, and he kind of scoots over and puts his arm around him. Yep. Just change the faces from those two to uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Blind Larry. He loves picking Ezekiel Elliott yeah. on his drafts. Yeah, Blind Larry. He thinks he's worth 15. He, he thinks he's worth what? He thinks he's worth 15 cents, and I told him he's not worth two. Huh. Well, Blind Larry, if you want to call and defend Zeke Elliott's honor, the phone lines are open. I'd be glad to have you. Uh, Tank says, uh, I, I saw some people adding this guy. Uh, he says, uh, Watson over Jacobs, bro, what? Okay, bro. Like, Like, number one. Number one, in a dynasty format, if you can't see that Watson's got more value than Jacobs, I Tank, I don't know why you're here. I can't even help you, bro. The fact that you're shocked about it. Uh, honestly, don't even understand the logic, and I'm trying to talk myself into a view. I don't know how to talk you into it either. If you really see Jacobs as a long-term option in dynasty over Christian Watson... Bro, you haven't been watching football. You didn't watch football last year. Nor did you not even watch the beginning of my show where I literally map out what you're looking at here. And these numbers are not anomalies. You don't trip and fall into this kind of production tank. So if for any reason you think Jacobs, especially in Dynasty, has more value than Christian Watson or a Drake London or a, a other top 10 potential wide receiver... I, if I had to venture to say, you'd tell us Olave is not a second-round talent because I'm, I'm, I'm sensing you're venturing and lingering over on the ESPN mock dra- draft side of things. But, but Tank, you're more than welcome to call in and debate it with me. But Jacobs is in a horrible situation that he doesn't want to be in. He has refused to sign his tender, and he's going to probably get injured at some point facing eight-man front after eight-man front after eight-man front. And my guess is one of Adams or Jacobs or both will probably sit out the end of the season on some nick or bruise or scrape because why come back and play for a team that can barely win three or four or five games the entire season? Because if the Raiders are, are losing badly, and they will be, these two guys will not want to go out there and risk the rest of their future, which they already feel like they're risking by playing for this bad situation that is awful. And so Watson over Jacobs? Yeah, yeah, you bet. Uh, uh-huh. You've just been Smitty approved. But trust your gut there, Tank. Trust your gut. Trust your gut. Okay, 
Let's go over to uh, Scuba Steve. What do you got, Scuba? I still appreciate you, Tank. Hey, Smitty, what's going on, my man? What's up? Nothing. Uh, I just wanted to uh, talk to you about the uh, the Giants' offense. Uh, where, where do you feel comfortable drafting those guys? Because I, I remember you talked yesterday. Uh, I think it was I think it was uh, last night or the night before. You were talking about Isaiah Hodges and how you liked him. Is there anybody else you like? Like, do you comfortable drafting uh, Darren Waller for like the right play? Uh, I love Darren Waller. I love Darren Waller. I love Darren Waller. Uh, Anthony dropping a $20 super chat. One second, Scuba. Alert. Super chat alert. Thank you, Anthony. Appreciate you dropping that $20 hauler. My boy, Anthony. Uh, yeah, Scuba, I love... I put Anthony's super chat on the screen here. Thank you, Anthony. I love Darren Waller. I, I he's an older player. He broke out very late. People are very shocked at, to hear how old he is. Uh, he turned. Um, let me just make sure I get this correct. Darren Waller. He turned thirty-one. Or- yeah, he turns. He turns thirty-one in September, so he's about to turn thirty-one years old, which is shocking to people because he broke out late. But he had a very good story out of like addiction problems and. Um, he's gonna be great the four games he plays. Um, you're scared. You're scared of injury for him, aren't you? Uh, scared, Scott. Not, not, yeah. not scared of Purdy. Not scared of Purdy getting hurt off of uh, a patchwork uh, kind of unknown UCL repair. But you're, you, but you're petrified of Darren Waller, uh, which I understand. But it doesn't make sense if you're not scared of Brock Purdy. But that's your Niner fandom blurring your vision, Scott. But that's okay. Purdy's young. Waller's old. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Scuba. What else you got? But but yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about Darren Waller. Um, not in Dynasty, but for for you know a good one year. Again, turning 31. But he should have, and I think he probably does miss a couple games, but per start, he should be great. And his ADP's like very, very low risk. The ADP bakes in all the the injury risk. I want to say Waller's going. If I look at Underdog Fantasy, promo code SMITTY. And guys, we'll be drafting tonight, so make sure you click that link that's in the description of every video. The link that I'm going to drop in the live stream right this very second. We're going to be drafting on Underdog Fantasy tonight on the $4 Chihuahua drafts. They're 4 bucks. I just dropped the link right now. So if you want to get into those drafts, please click that link and subscribe uh, and sign up. It's a minimum of 10 bucks. They'll get you up to $100 in your first deposit by using that link or promo code SMITTY. The link will insert promo code SMITTY for you, but you'll want to click it now though. Do it now so that when we go, hey, we're jumping in now, you're not going to be signing up tonight last second and not get in. So click the link now. Darren Waller is QB or QB. Tight end, uh, tight end seven. Oh, he's climbing actually. He's climbing. 81 overall, still good ADP, and and tight end seven's not not bad. Uh, Ingram is below him. I'd rather have Ingram. Uh, Goddard's above him. I'd rather have Goddard. Kyle Pitts is above him. I'd rather have Kyle Pitts. But honestly, like that's pretty good value for Waller. Like assuming you take Ingram ahead of him and Joku's right below those two, I'd rather have Waller over and Joku in a, in a millisecond. I like Pat Fryermuth. He's also got really good value down there. Kincaid, I love. Conquo's Conquo's good. I just don't love his situation, but he still could be fed. I don't know that the touchdowns will be there for him, but he'll certainly get some good targets, I suppose. 
Uh, Cole Komet is a steal. He's like at the. He's like what is Cole Komet? Cole Komet is tight end fifteen. That is, I did a tight end video. Who who could be this year's breakout top five tight end? And I I dug really deep. Kincaid was number one. Cole Komet was was I think two or three on the list. But Sam Laporta and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, Sam Laporta, Kincaid, um, Cole Komet. Those are all guys outside of the top ten. And all of them have the ability to be a top five or six tight end in fantasy football 2023. So those are your those are your steals. But Waller, I like Waller. Pretty baked in value. Um, Hodgins, I like a little bit. Hyatt, I like for later on. Um, past that, no. I don't think I'm drafting a ton of giant players. But I don't hate them. I think Dable's system's great. I think Danny Dimes should take a nice, nice little step forward. And I think Hyatt by midseason will be firing off. So what, what, what about, um, before I get to another question, what about uh, like like Wondell Robinson? Are you stashing him? Because, I mean, he showed some prominence uh, for a little bit until he got hurt. Um, like just somebody just to keep an eye on on your bench? Or just wait to see, maybe is he somebody that, I guess like you could pick up in your waiver wire, assuming that he's not ready to go? Yeah, more of a waiver, more of a waiver wire guy. I don't think I've drafted him one time. It's not that I don't like him, but it's a crowded wide receiver room. It's a very crowded wide receiver room, which is kind of bad for Hyatt initially, right? That's why Hyatt's working with the third team right now because he can't climb up yeah. and it's going to take a little while. That It is bad. That's why, the, but it's very, they're not like an amazing group of wide receivers. It's just very deep, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of bodies there. So that's why I like Waller so much is I think Danny Dimes just blankets him with targets and if, assuming he stays healthy, which I think that's baked into his ADP that he could miss three or four games. I think Waller is going to have one of those weird resurgent years where he plays like a top five or six or seven tight end very easily. Well, I mean, I, I guess, I guess like to, to your point too, is that if anybody can figure him out and fix him, it would be, it would be uh, Brian Dayball. I mean, cause he, cause he, he took like some of these pieces that, I mean, it was almost like at one point, I was almost like a plug and play offense where Danny Dimes was actually like, he was putting up like decent numbers, but they had like a bad, well, mediocre, like a, receiving core and, and they just like took guys on the street and they, and they made them look good so i mean i wouldn't be surprised if like uh darren wallet does end up being good i guess mm-hmm. uh, my, my other question would be uh with uh mark andrews i know that he was uh he was like injury like he had a couple injuries last year Blackbeard. um th- th- does it depend on like wh- where he's at like for you to, to be invested in him or would you just rather like just look at some of the other guys that you've just been talking about instead and not not really focus on mark andrews um, you know, I go back and forth on, on, I, do you remember in the beginning of the year when Mark Andrews and Lamar were going crazy last year? Like there, there were people that remember I said Lamar was going to bust and I never heard the end of it till it ended up happening. Beginning of the year, Lamar started off hot. Uh, Andrews started off hot and it really was looking like my prediction was going to backfire on me because I said, Stay away from Lamar again. Stay away from Lamar. I hate Lamar in Baltimore. And and I said that all offseason if he re-signed there unless he got, say, Flowers and they did some things, which they did. They Monk, they brought Munkin in. They gave Lamar his money so he's happy. They brought him Flowers. So they did everything that I said they would need to do. They even brought in Odell. So I do believe Lamar's got upside to have a really good year. I do. I still think there's injury risk. He had a, a grade 2-3 PCL tear. Which, which on the verge of needing surgery, meaning it was a complete loss. They, the PCL was a complete tear or stretched out to the point where it doesn't, it didn't serve a purpose anymore. So they had to cut it out. 
and and create a new PCL and and you know surgically and place place that in there. There's a lot of concern still for Lamar for sure, and that's why he won't rank above Fields for me. He won't rank above Burrow. He won't rank above T Law for me. So I'll probably never draft Lamar, but I do feel like Lamar is not as big of a bust candidate with all these different things going on in Baltimore that weren't going on prior. And I think Munkin's going to have a pretty decent system. But all that said, it's like I, I at the beginning of the year, Andrews and Lamar were just firing off and it was looking like an amazing, like if you had Lamar and Andrews, you might win a league. You know, it's that crazy in the beginning and then it just fell off. Lamar, Lamar and Andrews could get back to that point. I think it's possible. The only concern I have is that Andrews was like kind of healthy. Like he kind of got back to what we thought was going to be a healthy finish to the year. And he never really got back on his horse. So I'm a little skeptical of making him a third round player. Like I'd be okay if it was later, but I don't know. I don't know that I ever find myself drafting him in the third round. Like I just feel like there are much safer options and, and I'd rather go the route I keep beating the drum on, which is Kincaid, Cole Komet, Laporta, uh, Luke Musgrave even later. And I know he's a rookie, but these rookies are in weird spots that, that traditionally don't get you, you know, the, the amount of production. But I, I I love, I love, I love Cole Komet. I love all those tight end options that, I've, that I'm talking about that are outside the top 10. I mean, even Friermuth Fryer, at 10 is really good. So what about what about um what about if like if like you do draft Mark Andrews like I mean is, is there like a chance like uh would you be all right like if like to handcuff those handcuff them with like one of those guys and then if like one of those guys break out I mean maybe you can trade like Mark Andrews for like game value but I mean I guess like just to protect yourself like if something happens to Mark Andrews like you have like a backup tight end yeah yeah I guess like you have like Volkman I mean, or something like that is bro that you should never you, you should never be ignoring a Kincaid in the double-digit rounds just because you have Mark Andrews. You should never be ignoring the opportunity of having that breakout tight end. Of course, I would back up, especially given his injury history from last year and, and the fact that he even came back and didn't do what you thought he was going to do. Like, it was disappointing. Like, Andrews was even a buy-low candidate on this show. Like, I remember talking about him, saying, hey, he's back healthy. Let's buy him and see if he bounces back, and he didn't. But... I, I just I'm telling you right now I won't be drafting Andrews very much if ever maybe one league on underdog where everything falls perfectly and I'm like you know what let's try it like out of an experiment type of uh, effort but past that I, I don't think I'm ever going to be drafting like because think about it bro Jameer Gibbs is in the third round almost always almost always are you really going to draft Andrews over Jameer Gibbs maybe you would maybe someone here watching would but I'm not I'm not, so I'm just never ever gonna put myself in that position. I would take Joe Burrow over over Mark Andrews in the third round, like late third round. Like I'm just I just don't think I'm ever gonna put myself in that position. Not because he can't do it, not because I don't like him, but there's a lot of unknowns and yeah, and, and like Steven said, a new offense, you don't know how that's gonna respond. You're not sure how involved Mark Andrews is gonna be, even if he's back to full strength, will they throw it to him the same amount? Will this be a, a very yeah. different system with just a lot of unknowns, and I'm staying clear of it at third round value. Could, if he was a fourth rounder, it'd be different, but he's not. Could it also could it also be too that like maybe like uh, maybe instead of him that uh, maybe maybe the guy that we should be looking at is Isaiah Likely. I mean, because he he was like a, a lot of people thought he would be a, like a breakout candidate, and he he would shift from like tight end to wide receiver. Of it is that the guy that maybe we should be looking at? 
No, I mean, I like him, but no, no, I mean, you can't, that's a spec play, bro. That's a very big spec play. You, you, you know, like as, as in a deep, deep league, like more than 18 rounds, I could see that. Or I've drafted him like once or twice on underdog. And again, we're drafting tonight, guys. So hit that link in the description and I'll drop the link again right now. We'll be drafting tonight. So sign up now ahead of time. Use that link. I, I dra- I've drafted him maybe once as my third tight end. You know, like where I felt like I grabbed two rookies and I was like, I, I got Laporta and Kincaid. And you don't really know how that's going to go in weeks one, two, three, four. Even Kincaid could start off slow. You got to be patient. So, like, I found myself, like, looking through the tight end pool, and I'm like, Jelani Woods are likely, and I took, you know, likely once, just on the off chance that maybe Andrews gets hurt. And in best ball, it's interesting because, in in Ron and I talk about this a lot when we're trying to find and identify players that other people won't have because that's what can make you stand out. Likely is interesting in best ball because if, let's say, Andrews went down, there probably won't be a lot of people that have likely because he goes in like the 18th round or he doesn't go at all. Like he usually is undrafted. So if you've got likely yeah. and an injury strikes, then that's like gold and best ball. But past that, like in a regular redraft, I mean, you, you're not going to draft likely. You'll monitor, you'll monitor him and he'll be on the waiver wire show probably once at least during the offseason, if something happens to Andrews, he gets banged up, likely will float to the top of that. But hey, hold on, Scuba Steve. Let me let me circle the, the phone lines here and uh I'll come I'll come back to you. Uh we got uh we got Rack's poker. What's up, Rack? Hey, what's You're going live. on, Smitty? What's up? First of all I want to say hello. How's it going? Um it's good, bro. And over here in uh Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Well, in particular, the whole Raiders slander, you know, everyone is uh, has their opinion, you know. But uh, I will be one of those guys that come back to you and say you are uh, sorely mistaken. Okay, I'll <laughs> but, be looking uh, forward mostly, to it. But mostly, I wanted you to rank. I just tried this best ball thing. Uh, first year doing it. Um, I mean, I've had 12 entries in the last couple of days pretty addicted to this pretty fun but uh, i wanted you to rank one of my teams if you could for me sure hit me with it uh well first of all first question you're all in on the Bijan train so am i i love Bijan and i love the uh, opportunity he's getting and where he's at at Atlanta. um i'm a jefferson guy if i'm number one overall i'm going jefferson every time but you know i like Bijan a lot if you're in the number two spot, are you going Chase or are you going Bijan? Because I like Bijan over McCaffrey, Kelsey, AJ Brown, Johnson. To all those, guys. I'm picking Bijan if I'm number three. But it's I'm when I'm number two, it's kind of hard but to, to pick between him and Chase. I mean, hey, what do you think? We're talking best ball, right? On underdog. because uh, it's different. It yeah, does. we go best ball. I mean, okay, I would so, say, re, I mean, what's your redraft or best ball? I mean, okay, so let different? me let me let me hit it a couple of different ways. In a best ball sense, and it's point five. You know, like point five is a lot, a l- lot less um, drive for me to go wide receiver for sure at one or two overall when it's point five versus one point per PPR. So let me hit it from two two angles. I'll hit it from your buddy league and redraft where it's one point per reception, and then but first let me hit it from best ball. So the reason I'm taking Chase every... I mean, I take JJ sometimes. But I'm on the other side of that JJ 
Chase Fence. I I believe Jamar Chase, I believe, is number one or number two in the in the national or in, in fantasy football in points per target. He missed some time. Uh, he obviously came back and was still hampered. Joe Burrow struggled in the, the beginning part of the year anyway, and the offensive line's much improved. And the Bengals, I think, have a real strong shot at making a Super Bowl appearance this year. And I just think it's going to be a, a very, very, very good year where everything comes together. I also believe in Joe Burrow more than I believe in Cousins. I also believe in the, the Bengal offense more than I believe in the Vikings offense. And I also believe that all that's going to you know, matriculate into, into the stats and everything. So for me, it's Chase. I think Chase has got the higher touchdown uh, upside. J.J. feels in some ways similar to like Julio. Like he's just capped on touchdowns in a weird way. Whereas Jamar Chase, even though he can outdo Jamar in yardage, uh, I think Jamar is going to make a statement in the yards department this year and get that 1,500 plus yardage you know, season or 1,450 or whatever. But I think he's the guy that can get 17, 18 touchdowns in a single season. He's that touchdown hungry wide receiver, whereas JJ is pushing that 10, you know, to get 10 touchdowns. But massive yardage, massive I feel like receptions. It, I feel like it's Chase season, to be honest. I mean, I, I'm with you there. I mean, what is it, year three, right? Yeah, I mean, this is around the time where one of these receivers in year three, year four, where they just have one of those ridiculous. But, but let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I go Chase instead of Bijan at number one or two. Let's call it one. For me, it's one. If I'm at number one, I'm taking Jamar Chase almost every single time. And the reason for that is. And again, this argument is different. In best ball, underdog fantasy promo code Smitty, we're drafting tonight. I have so many opportunities to get Bijan. I have very little chances to ever get Jamar Chase or, in your case, JJ, because you have to have the one or the two pick. But in best ball, if you're given the three, the four, the five, the six, the seven, the eight, the nine sometimes, you can get Bijan. And every time I get him, if I'm ever on the clock after the number three overall pick, I'm taking Bijan every time. And I don't care if I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. I'll, if I lose that way, I'll lose with a smile. Because if I win, I'm going to win big. Because I'm getting very variants of my favorite team over and over and over. And I'm covering all my bases with this player added to that. With this player added to that. It's Bijan and these guys. Bijan and these guys. Bijan and these guys. And there's a, there's a theory to that. That all your eggs in one basket with something you truly believe in at the core of your being is a better approach than mixing up all your teams and having a variety of everything. Because if you believe, like in March Madness, a certain bracket is just almost there. It just needs some tweaking, maybe. Maybe you're going to go in a fork on the road direction that way, and it's going to lose. But you you had the core of your bracket right. You're going to do variants of your bracket versus two, two totally different brackets. So I approach best ball like that, honestly. And I know it's not for everybody. And there are certain players I won't put all my eggs in one basket. But there are certain ones where I will. And so for me, because I can get Bijan at 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... I know I'm going to get a ton of Bijan, and I have. With Jamar, I rarely get that one or two picks, so I'm getting him every single time in best ball, and I'm taking a non-Bijan approach in the one or two spot. Uh, in a redraft league with your buddies, that's point uh, one point per PPR, or one point per, per reception, uh, I, I definitely feel like I probably would go chase number one if it was PPR. If it was half PPR with your buddies and not best ball, I actually might go Bijan. You know, I might go Bijan because I feel like I'm going to steal London and Watson and all those wide receivers yep. we love so much away from my buddies more than I am going to on best ball drafts where people are drafting Watson really high. I think Watson falls in the fourth round with grandmas and buddies and, 
you know, your high school friends you drafted with and you still have a league with, you're a lot more likely to get, I think, some of those steals than, uh, and, and for that reason, I want Bijan. I want to get the running back locked down, the running back position locked down if I have the, the chance. But, bro, it's a, it's a, it's honestly something I could argue and flip the script on every every single second. Yeah, Bijan, sure, JJ, sure. Chase. And JJ is going to have a big year. And if we're talking redraft, then the concerns about the future quarterback situation there in Minnesota don't come into play because Cousins is there now. Cousins proved last year he was great. It's just I think Chase will have that 17-15 TD season with a bunch more yards than anybody anticipates. You know, I think JJ... I don't know what it is. It's also the Addison edition. I don't think Addison hurts JJ too much, but there's just a lot of mouths to feed over there. And if Cousins doesn't do what he did last year, I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he won't. I just have a a bad feeling that this is the year that makes them get rid of him. And that's just my gut. You can't, you can't, previous stats, nothing's going to support my gut instinct on that. But my gut instinct is that the, the volume might not be big enough to account for all the mouths to feed to beat Jamar Chase. Not that he won't be top five. I'm just saying there's too many mouths to feed. Yeah, sure. And I just feel like it, the stars are aligning for the Bengals. And I just I want to be in on the, the Jamar Chase train in Baroque stack. Especially yeah, I, don't, I don't think the mouths really matter. When you're the man, when you're Jefferson, you know, you're the man, Chase. When you're the man, you know, Devontae Adams, I don't think it really matters, but, you know, we won't go there because I know how you feel about my boy Adams. But uh, Yeah, and to, and to, a degree, you know? I, I, to a degree, I agree with you because I think, you know, JJ's still my number two or number three overall pick, so we're, we're splitting hairs on what's making me go this way for Chase. I'm not at all saying that JJ won't eat. I'm just saying you factor in all these different things. It's like if 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 Cousins doesn't repeat, which he could – then, then the amount of mouths to feed becomes a problem. But if he repeats, and you know, we'll see. Also, the Vikings have a tough schedule. Um, Cousins doesn't do as good against top ten defenses, and we talk about that all the time. And we argue, and there's no need to go into that. <laughs> there's no need to go into that over and over. Ron's on the line, so yeah. But, but I would say that like those are. That's why I move from Chase to or from JJ to Chase. We're talking about moving from one wide receiver spot to the next. It's not like we're taking JJ out of the top two wide receivers. It's just that's what's making me go in that direction. And Ron probably hears, what are you saying? Chase is going to, or JJ's not going to be top five. Like, and I'm just saying that's moving the needle for me. That's all. But I just think Chase is going to have a 14, 1500-yard minimum season. And... You know, obviously blast over 100 receptions, but have like this 15 to 18 touchdown campaign. And that's just going to be, it's going to be a great year for Jamar Chase. Okay, cool. JJ was the the MVP uh, consideration last year. Yep. And again, all my, all my thinking is nothing to do with the last year's stats. It's, It's a gut instinct about just how that Vikings offense will be. Something that's hard to argue for or against, you know, I get it, but. I just think that well, that, this would that be a perfect from... way to go into this, uh, this grading my uh, my best ball uh, draft because I actually do have Jamar Chase on my team. All right, hit me with it. Go. All right, quarterback uh, Justin Fields, running back Tony Pollard, Kenneth Walker. Uh, I cussed him with Deuce Vaughn. I also got Kamara Sanders, and then my wide receivers. I won't go through all of them, but I got Chase, Chris Olave. George Pickens, 
uh, Mooney, Boyd, Curtis Samuel. Also, I also got your boy Tank Dell. And then uh, for my tight ends, I got Kincaid and Taysom Hill. Yeah, great team, bro. I mean, that that's definitely one of those teams I could see winning at all. You didn't get Charbonnet? Oh. I tried, dude. I got sniped, bro. I tried, dude. I, it was literally the pick right before. Like, yeah. right before I was going to get him. He, like, took him for me. Uh, I was like, he must be watching Smitty, too. <laughs> was that in the Chihuahua? Oh, yeah, dude. I got, like, 12 entries in the Chihuahua. <laughs> I, I'd probably give this, if you got Charbonnet, and you're not that much... You know, I'm, I'm not scoring you that much lower because you didn't. But if you would have got Charbonnet, I would said I would have said this is like a nine out of ten in terms of my style. So I, I like it a lot. You did good. I also got Derek Hart at backup field. I know you probably have two quarterbacks. No, nothing special, but yeah, buddy, I love it, bro. My last uh, Chihuahua was uh, Richards Cousins Pickett, and then I had Bijan Charbonnet, uh, Robinson, uh, Warren Brown. And then my receivers, I killed it on the receivers. <clears throat> Watson, or Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Watson, London, Addison, Pickens, and then Pierce to go, Pearson Downs to go with uh, Richardson. Nice. Uh, let's go over to um, Blake. Have you talked yet today or on this show? Oh, no, not yet. Oh, all right, Blake, what can I do for you? Um, Nothing. I'm just kind of listening, taking everything in. Okay. Uh, scared Scotty. You scared about anything in particular right now, in this moment in time? No, not at this moment in time. No. But I, I do want to ask, let me ask you about this team real fast. Uh, see what you think. No, not right now. Because I think it's pretty stellar. Okay. Hit, hit me with your scared Scotty squad. Let's go. Scared Scotty squad. B. John, Alvin Kamara, uh, P. Ryan to cover while Kamara's out. Then I've got Bigsby, Charbonnet, Rashawn Johnson, and Chase Brown on the bench. Okay. My wide receivers are Diggs, Allen, Ridley, Watson, and Flowers. I thought you didn't like Watson. In. I thought you didn't like Watson. No, I love Watson. I thought you. Didn't I had like him break this one number uh, one. That, that was the Okafor. That was Okafor. Never mind. I I mix up some of these these bad takes together. I'm sorry, bro. That was Okafor. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Najoku and Laporta as my tight end. Who's your quarterback? With if and soon to be Purdy is what? my quarterback. Oh, Fields. Okay. So Fields, uh, yeah. I mean, B, it definitely feels like a, a good squad there. Fields, Bijan, Kamara, P. Ryan, Sharps, uh, Diggs, Keenan Allen, Ridley, Watson. I mean, Watson's great. If that's Christian Watson, that's that's great that you have you have him in addition. I just I wonder who you could have got instead of Keenan Allen. That. That guy petrifies me. I can't, I can't believe he doesn't petrify you. I don't know what your you. knock is on Keenan Allen. <laughs> Maybe he hasn't when he came back injured. From injuries, he was the number one wide receiver for the last five, six weeks of the season. And he that's gets, just going to get better. He gets he's injured. He's never really been injury prone. He blew his what knee early in his career. Prone. But outside of that, he's, he's played 
14 to 16 every year. What do you mean he's uh, injury prone? What do you mean he's not injury prone? He's always injured. Quentin Johnson about? only taking he's away always, is going to take what you from Mike Williams, not Keenan Allen. He's well, a field stretch. Yeah, Keenan Allen always injured. Keenan Allen should finish top 10. In fact, he's gone from 39 to 36 on underdog. Bro, he's the last two weeks. Bro, he's 31 years old. Well, 31 isn't, that isn't a wide receiver's kickoff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Tell me how many 30, give me a couple examples of elite 31 year old wide receivers. I don't see it that much. I looked up the charts on it. The drop off 30, there's a slight drop off to 31, and then there's a, a much bigger drop off to 32, and then, then you disappear. It used to be a lot older, but a lot of these players are. There's a reason why the shelf life for running backs is dropped down to 28. It used to be 30. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers used to be 32, 33. Now it's 30, 31. And, and while he could have one more elite year potentially, and there's always going to be an outlier here or there, but a lot of it does have to do with that the league's a harder-hitting league. Uh, these kids are getting hit harder and in, in creating a bunch of injuries and abuse to their bodies at a younger age. A higher impact like goes all the way back to Pop. Like Pop Warner's harder. Uh, high school is a tougher sport, and college is tougher, and so you just take on more abuse in these positions that get drilled and annihilated like wide receiver and running back specifically and tight ends oh, to I some know. degree, they, they, the, the, the drop off age is not 32 or 33 anymore. Scared, scared Scotty. It's, it's right where Keenan on is. He's right in the, in the, uh, the, the middle of the drop off. Like, but storm. There, there wasn't a drop off at all last year. You could arguably say he was, he was injured. Last, he was injured last year. What are you talking five about? Or six weeks you... after, the, after the hammy finally got healed, and that doesn't bother me. I, I met uh, Scotty and I agree, his, agree uh, on very little. His train or his PT person, and she said he's a prima donna. And he oh, did she? Her. She said that about her own client. Yeah, yeah. So Mike Williams is a super nice guy. Hey, what do you think about your client, Keenan Allen? I think he's dog water. I think he's dog water. He's going to get hurt. (laughs) Of course she's going to say he's a... But, but bro, Keenan Allen's Allen's played since 2013. His his time is at, at an end. And maybe he has one more year left. But the guy had 70, 752 yards and four touchdowns last year, and you're talking about him like he had the most marvelous season he that you've ever seen. I know he did. That's the whole point there. That's the whole point. He played 10 games, and he had 752 and four touchdowns. That's not a marvel. That's not amazing, Scott. played like three minutes of it, so it was really not. And... and which uh, Scott, he 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 didn't have a single game with under two receptions, so he played a lot of all the games, and I agree. There's some good moments for Keenan Allen. He had a hundred yard game, a hundred yard game. He had two one hundred yard games. He had a game with two touchdowns and a hundred. Or no, he had three one hundred. No, uh, two one hundred yard games. Yeah, he had uh, in week eighteen against the Denver Broncos in week eighteen. 
he had 102 yards and two touchdowns. That's where all of his production came, like, essentially right there. Past that, he had two touchdowns all year. And he had one other 100-yard game. You're acting like you're saying he's the best receiver per start. He's not. He had 700 yards and played 10 games. Going into the beginning of the season, and when he finally came back healthy the last five games, there's a gap there. He was number four overall. I don't know. I I don't know if that's accurate to be honest with you. And I I it, it, like <laughs> if if you if you look at if you look at his game log, there were two 100 yard games in his final one two three four games. So that would probably put you in a high ranking. But you're using a four game span, one of which was week. Uh, let's see. Let's see. If we take out week 19 and we just look at week 18. So 102, 60, 104, and 86 and 92. Good, good yardage there. Like that, I wouldn't be surprised if he ranked really high. I can't, I can't confirm what you're, you're saying is true, but that doesn't make him have like some, you know, top ten wide receiver season in the cards, bro. I don't, I don't know. Trust your. He's moved up on underdog from thirty nine to thirty six, and that's a mistake. And that's great. It makes him a third round. It makes that, him it, a third round. And that's great. Yeah. And I have noticed him climb. I remember somebody called in and I, I was yelling at him. They're like, I took Keenan Allen at 38 overall or something. I'm like, why would you do that? We looked at the ADP and he climbed there. And I was like, okay, first of all, take a lap for me. Because I didn't I didn't realize over the last like couple days it leading me. it. But, it but, but it's a mistake. Oh, it was you. Was that you? That was you I was yelling at. But yeah, so I took I took a lap because I didn't realize his ADP climb. So that was actually Scott. Okay, makes sense. But it's a mistake. He shouldn't be climbing into the inside the top forty. But that's fine. You 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 Stephen I or Stephen uh, Scott. I need you to draft him so that that I can draft other players. So please continue to take him in the top forty. I hope you do. I hope you take a thirty-one year old player and continue to take him in the top forty. And hope that uh, he continues to, to drop fire. I got some super chats real quickly, Scott, and then I'll, I'll let you be scared about something else in one second. Let me just let me just get these out of the way here. And then if anybody else wants to ask a question, they can once they get through these. Andrews over Gibbs seven days a week, Smitty. Garrett, uh, I agree with you on this, uh, or I disagree with you on this one. I don't know how many times I could I can tell you that Gibbs is going to be a, a top ten overall player. So Garrett, appreciate you. Garrett's got the highest. Super chat in a single live stream with the gorilla and eggplant emoji 600. So please drop a gorilla and eggplant emoji right now in uh, in respect for Garrett. Put some respect on Garrett's name. He's the highest super chatter in a single live stream. Even if he doesn't understand how good Gibbs is, still put some respect on his name. Uh, you deserve more views than any other fantasy football YouTuber, says Dallas Sports. Dallas, appreciate your kind words and your super chat, my guy. Thank you so much. appreciate that. Uh, Rax Poker says, thanks for the insight, Smitty. Where do I sign up for the draft tonight? Uh, just click this link right here. It's I'll try and pin it in the live chat right now. But just get signed up. And once you have your account, you have the Underdog app, you've used the code Smitty, you'll be good to go and ready. And then in the, in the actual live stream tonight, I'll tell everybody to get into a certain draft. We'll go together and the instructions will be there at that moment in time. So I'm going to pin this link right now. It's been pinned. Thank you, Rax Poker, for dropping that super chat. Uh, Ron, did you have anything you wanted to add? I don't know if I heard you trying to trying to speak a minute ago. Yeah, Bam just said in the chat that you did it live. You sniped uh, Kirk Cousins from him. Is that true? 
Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Where? Where? That's what he said. In what draft? He said you sniped him from him in the GW draft or whatever that was. Uh, I don't. There was a there was a pick I made just now. I took Jordan Love. I didn't take Cousins. No, he said you took uh, Cousins. No, he's joking. He's just trying to rile you up. I think. He did it hot. <laughs> no, not that I'm opposed to taking Cousins, but I just took Jordan Love in a draft. Unless I timed out in something auto draft. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. In the Garrett Wilson draft. Yeah, it was not Cousins. There's Jordan Love. He's just trying hey, to rally, is poker, rally you. Is poker still on here? Uh, Rax Poker? Uh, no, but Rax Poker did super chat just a second ago, but he's not on I'm the just line. Wondering, is he Vegas? I don't know. I mean, he's got a lot of faith in the Raiders, and he's got the poker name, so yep. he just better take solace in, uh, in, his, in the Vegas hockey team winning the championship because the Raiders, they're going to play for the toilet bowl. Yeah. Uh, false alarm. He said it was Cash Morris that, that drafted Cousins. So you got you got Ron real excited. He thought I took a, a, a piece of cousin somewhere, and he was excited. Four hundred points. Allen projects. Not very many, but I've seen you do it. Cousins, maybe, maybe once, maybe as a backup. Yeah, you have, you have done. Yeah, maybe as a backup, I've taken him. It's possible. Uh, let's go over to David real quick. David, what else you got? Yo, I got a question. Would you uh, potentially rank this team that I've got? Yeah, hit me so with it. So it starts out. Starts out. Let me pull it up real quick. All right, it's super flex. Okay. Tied in premium league. All right. I've got Jalen Hurts, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs. Sorry, I've got a baby. That's all right. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, TJ Hawkinson, Mike Evans, Christian Watson, Quentin Johnston, Lamar Jackson, and yeah, that's it. How many, that's all the starting lineup. There's three flexes. How many? Uh, how many people are in this league? Eight. It is a ten-man league. Okay, ten. That, I mean, that's, bro, bro, even for a 10-man league, this is a really, really good team. Um, I mean, to have Gibbs and Bijan, to have Alave and Garrett Wilson, and to still have Christian Watson and Hurts and still have Lamar, like, that's a, you did a really good job. You can't, you couldn't have done a better job in a 10-man. I definitely knew it wasn't 12, but, like, that, that's really good for a 10-man. So, nice work, pal. I like Thank it. Thank you. On my bench, I... On my bench, I'm sitting with Zay Flowers, Dalton Kincaid, and Rashi Rice as nice. well. Nice job. Pure domination. Nice job. All right, hey, mute yourself. Do you, see, real- do, oh. you see any, uh, do you think I should key in on any players to upgrade anything? Uh, You know, like Evans and Quentin Johnson, like those are your only weak spots, I, I suppose. Like Hawkinson, you could trade and roll with Kincaid in your, your backup tight end situation. But if it's premium – you know, I don't know. I, maybe you, you stay away from that. Uh, here, mute yourself real quick till till you get a little. Don't don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But just mute yourself real quick. Let me go over to a Scuba Steve. Scuba, what else you got? And, and and real quickly, hold on, Scuba. I'll just tell that guy that Hawkinson and tight end premium is great. Like I'm not saying 
I, pro I probably wouldn't trade him unless you're gonna you're gonna get some kind of amazing you know piece to your to your squad. But like that's something I'd look at only because I think Kincaid's gonna be that good. But uh, you know, Kincaid and Hawkinson together is glory. Just wait until later to make a Hawkinson trade. That would probably be my advice to you: is wait until Kincaid gets to where he needs to get, and then you have the option without any risk of trading Hawkinson away, who will also be doing very well probably, and you can get some amazing upgrades somewhere. Okay, thank you. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, Scuba Steve. What else you got? Scuba. Hey, Smitty. Hey, uh... What do you think about uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the Ravens thing, uh, team for just for a second. What do you think about the uh, – now that Lamar's there, how do you how do you handle the running back room? Uh, is there any anybody in there that, that you see of value, or are they uh, just uh, the whole thing like an avoid? Pretty much an avoid right now. I do like J.K., and I started to get excited about J.K. for the first time since his rookie year. I was really high on J.K. Dobbins when he came in as a rookie. But I haven't been since, you know, obviously the injury, he's an injury prone player and now he's holding out. I don't know if he's like coming to a conclusion yet right now that he can't hold out. Like there's no leverage. <laughs> I don't know what he's, what he's trying to do, but I mean, that, that's got me on pause. I hate to say, but I am, I'm on pause until, until that's resolved. Not saying he's going to hold out that long, but the problem with J.K. is I don't know how long he will he will potentially stretch us out. And being an injury-prone player, holdouts, even even through you know most of July, that's a long time to hold out and you miss a lot. It can get you off kilter. It can it can make you not... You can be playing catch-up all year and you can also you know get injured. Now, obviously, holding out deeper into August really is the bigger injury risk than holding out in July. But I mean, this is a new offense that Munkin's installing. And if JK's not there to learn it and somebody else learns it, JK could fall behind and never really recapture the amount of volume that, that he could have, if he was there from the jump, you know what I mean? So in a new offense, not smart, not smart to sit out even, even half a month or a month when you're, you're in implementing and installing a new offense. And I don't think Munkin's going to be happy about it. And even if he wants to get his playmakers on the field, he might not get, you know, more than 50% of the work if he's missing for a while. So I'm just staying clear of it until that sorts itself out. And even then, it just comes down to where JK's going. I still like a lot of other players better. Kenneth Walker is going sometimes at the very top of round five. And if JK's got fifth round ADP, then that matters. You know, like London in round five sometimes is crazy and happens. You know, like I've done it before. It's weird. It's I'm not taking JK over those guys. But if I'm in round six and JK's there, the holdout's making them drop for whatever reason. And you're like looking at the RBs, you're thin at RB, everything feels kind of risky and 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 unclear anyway. You know, I'll go JK, I suppose, but that's where I tend to go Fields or T Law. Like when I'm forced to take JK, that's when I'll go double quarterback in a best ball one QB league. Is when I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't like JK, I don't like Mike Evans here, I don't like uh, Jerry Judy or whatever. And I'm sitting there and Fields is still there or Trevor Lawrence is like, what what harm am I doing when any player I get in the next round could replace this player? 
I'm just going to kick the can down the road with that kind of thinking, get my player here next round, get my player there the next round, and I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence or T-Law and just clean up in, in best ball, QB, rotational, uh, optimal scoring you know, formats. Just smash Fields or T-Law there instead of J.K. J.K. Dobbins has averaged 5.9 <laughs> yards per carry in two seasons. How can you? How could you possibly not? How could you take? I just explained it, Scott. I just explained it for like twelve minutes. Well, but Dobbins is going to fall off this year. Charbonnet averaged seven yards a carry in in college, and he's a pass catcher. Are you are you for JK or against him? I'm not sure. By by your by your, it sounded like you're JK. You're confusing us. You're confusing us. You just said he's going to drop off, and then you just said you. No, I said I said I said Walker's going to drop off. I think you said J.K. Okay, Walker's going to drop. I mean, maybe Walker drops off. You're telling me J.K. over Walker and Charbonnet? Because because keep in mind, I'm drafting Charbonnet and Walker together every single time. Well, I, I. I would take J.K. and Charbonnet. Over Walker and Charbonnet. I mean, yes. I'm not saying it's not arguable to a degree, but I disagree with you. And I know I made I, your vo- I, I know I made your I, voice crack over I, it, but I mean I just explained why. Like I don't know that I don't know that the audience wants Walker, to hear me say what I just said again. He's not I, good at the goal line. He can't catch the football. And who can't catch the football? Charbonnet. Who can't wait? Wait, wait. Who can't catch the football? Ah. Who? What's that? Walker can't catch the football all of a sudden. When did this no. happen? When did this happen? Let me get. Let me get. Let me guess. Scared Scotty. They didn't use him in college. They didn't use him in college. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty. Hold on. I'm, I'm looking here. Hold on, hold on. Oh, he's trying to find some data. He's trying to find some college data on why Walker is not going to thrive in the NFL. College data, and it's true. They didn't use him a lot in college. Right. That doesn't mean he can't catch all like he did last year. Not to, not to mention, bro, he looked phenomenal. It, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about this Charbonnet situation, which I love Charbonnet. He was, obviously, you guys know how much I love Charbonnet. He was on the Moon Man list. And Mars, I don't know if he was on the Mars man. The Moon Man list independently of Walker, because we didn't know they were going to land on the same team. Now they're a combination duo on the Mars man or the Moon Man list. They have not left the Moon Man list. They're just together now. Um, uh, Charbonnet's a sidecar to, to Walker. But let me just say something, Stephen, because I feel like you're putting a lot of disrespect on Kenneth Walker's name. Had Charbonnet not been drafted into that situation, Walker would be a top five overall running back. In everyone's mind. Everyone's mind. We have people in here scared Scotty that said he was the number one overall pick before the NFL draft. So, like, I know I know this time to panic a little bit because Charbonnet's that good, and I agree. He a volume play and won't get the same volume. He had, well, tw- he had 27 catches in nine games. Okay, but Scott, A, he was a rookie. He was learning pass protection for his, not only in the NFL but for his offense. And rookie rookies do come along slowly 
in the PPR department, even ones that end up thriving. Sometimes they come along slowly. He caught plenty of passes. He has amazing hands. He has amazing hands. Scott, all you need to know is he has amazing hands, and he has the most elusive ability in the National Football League when he's in the flat or in an open space, in an open uh, open rushing lane, receiving lane. This man can change directions, go north, south, east, west, northeast, north, every direction you can think of. He's not just a straight-line, B-line runner that just, just takes off. Like, like Brees Hall's got some wiggle, too, but he's very much a get-up-and-go, try-and-catch-him type of running back, and, it, and that works, too, obviously. Walker is a shake-and-bake specialist, and he gets the football, and he maneuvers every which way, and if you try and use some inefficiency data from last year on Kenneth Walker, you didn't watch him play. Because a lot of times he get handed the football and get get swarmed by a bunch of defenders at one moment. He'd find a way to get out of it half the time, and the other half of the time, he wouldn't. And if you're going to judge him off of data, off of a spreadsheet in an Excel sheet, and not actually watch all the plays and say, wow. Like, he almost got away on that one, but he didn't, and he took a loss, or he took a one-yard gain. And so there's some kind of skewed efficiency data on Kenneth Walker that I absolutely love because it misguides people. But if you watched him play, you know that one-on-one, a defender trying to tackle this man, good luck. And I'm not saying that Charbonnet is not a concern because he was on my moon man list independently of being in that situation. I get it. And that's why the two are a must-have. But Pete Carroll doesn't roll with committees like some other coaches do. And he's certainly going to lean on the run very heavily. And he's also made statements about... Remember when he called up Charbonnet? He said, hey, uh, uh, Zach. And Zach said, what's up, coach? And he said, yeah, you're going to have to play special teams. That was the first words out of Pete Carroll's mouth. So we need to pump the brakes on expecting Charbonnet to walk into week one and just take away Walker's job. So Walker's got a little time to impress and do Walker-type things. And I think that you calling Walker, like the, the, the high pitch in your voice, you got so high when you said, J.K. Dobbins over, not over Walker, makes me think that you have a confidence level that is crazy. On, on J.K. over Walker. Like, if you were to call and say, I kind of like Smitty quietly like J.K. over Walker. I'm way I'm, confident I'm, on it. I know. So we can, we can hear it in your voice. We can hear it. We can hear I know you're high on it. I got a question for Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, I got a question for you. How come you come in and you say, Walker only caught 27 passes, but you failed to mention that he caught 27 out of 35 passes, which is like 77% of the passes, which is a lot better than some RB uh, wide receiver twos in ones. I mean, why didn't you mention that? You just mentioned that he only caught 27 passes. He caught over 77% of the passes. 27 over 35. J.K. Dobbins averaged five yards per carry. You can't say he can't catch the ball. He caught almost Charbonnet all the ball is a superior pass. You don't know that. You don't know that. You don't know that. He has played one snap in, in, in the NFL. Scott, you don't know that. Scott, You're speculating. Scott, we do Walk, know, Walker, we do know what 
Walker did last year in the NFL. You have no idea what Charbonnet is going to do in the NFL this year. This is his rookie year. Scott, Walker could still be. We know what Walker's capable of. Walker could still be a top five PPR running back in the National Football League. He could become the number one pass catching running back in the National Football League. I'm not saying it's set up that way with Charbonnet there. I'm saying he has that ability. And if Charbonnet did rain on his parade, which he did, and I'm taking that into account. That's why I, I consider him a fifth-round steal if Walker's there. But but Walker and Charbonnet together with Pete Carroll's ability to, I think, use one at a time mostly, you're going to be covered. And and I understand why you might like J.K. in sneaky fashion, but Scott, you're acting like we're crazy when your voice hit those octaves, uh, shattered uh, almost shattered my fireplace. <laughs> If you're taking Walker before J.K. Dobbins, I think you are crazy. <laughs> you but almost shattered my fireplace on that, bro. Bro, you're by yourself on this. Taking Walker, J.K. Dobbins. Read the room, Scott. Read the room. You're the only one here that thinks that. So you're you're ba- you're, you're acting like that stance is crazy when you're the only one. Like how how could it be crazy when when Walker's going in the fourth round, JK's not going in the fourth round. The ADP data tells you Walker sneaks into the top of 5 on occasion. My comment on why would I take JK cuz this is what triggered you is I said why would I take JK when Walker sometimes sneaks into the top of round 5 and you're in here saying that that's crazy when that was my like extreme example. Scott, read the room. The entire ADP world says that Walker's a fourth rounder that sometimes sneaks into the top of five, and you're telling me that I'm crazy because I take Walker or I take Walker over JK in round five? Yes, I think you're crazy. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scott, I love Scott. Uh, let's go on oh, over. Let's, let's go on over to. Crazy. Let's go on over to Blake. Let's get some sanity in here for a second. Uh, it's like it's like arguing with my mom. I, I, you know, I used to call Ron my mom, but now I'm thinking Scott is like is my mother. I've never seen my mother and Scott in the same room before, and I'm starting to think that I can't, I can't even convince Scott of anything at this point. Uh, let's go over to uh, Blake. Blake. What's up, Wendy? What's up? Oh, somebody wants me to play the Skywalker animation. I don't Scott, have you ever seen this? Go ahead and take it in. Gant, take a gander. Absorb it. Kenneth Skywalker. Kenneth Lightsaber Swinging Skywalker. This one's funny by Matt. Matt says even ESPN's bad mock draft data has Walker over JK. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Blake. Blake? Hello? <laughs> what? What are we talking about? Oh, come on, Blake. Get, start a new topic. Start a new topic. Blake's, Blake's blazed. He didn't yeah. know where he is. Blake, you need more time. Blake took some time off. You need some. He wasn't paying attention. Blake, do you need some? You need some a moment to gather your your thoughts and your. Are you asking me what I think of J.K. Dobbins well, or Kenneth? Walker? I mean, you can answer that, but then yeah, create some other question after that. But go ahead. I'd love to know. 
I, I mean, I like Kenneth Walker better than personally. Like, I like what Jacob Dobbins did towards the end of the year where he had, like, great yards per carry. But at the end of the day, I feel like even if you're bringing back Charbonnet in and even if it is a split, I feel like Kenneth Walker is still just – I feel like he's that running back. Like, he has that talent level where he can still be – like, his upside is so high. Like, even if you're bringing in another back, I feel like there's still a possibility where Kenneth Walker is going to yeah. be – no top seven. Like he's just that pepper. I mean, Walker has a little bit of that, like that little bit of that, like you could say, like a, the the Marshall Falk ability to stop and start and change directions, like no other player in the league. Um, Gibbs might have yeah, Gibbs agree. might have that as well, but I don't understand where the Walker hate comes from. I get where the Walker concern comes from because of Charbonnet, and and I've talked up Charbonnet more than any content creator you can find. I guarantee you. Um, but yeah. so obviously I love Charbonnet, so I'm concerned, but the duo, the way Pete's going to use these two, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be a problem as long as you have the duo and, and having Charbonnet stand alone is a really good move too. Like I do that a lot, but that is a spec mm-hmm. play. And I think we are allowing Charbonnet's landing spot to ruin something where Walker still has the ability to literally shut Charbonnet down and say, sit down, kid, go get me a coffee. You know, go get me a coffee. I'm, I'm Kenneth Walker, and I'm not relinquishing my job. And Pete Carroll is enamored with Kenneth Walker. He loved him coming out of, of college. He loved him when Penny was going off and kept talking about Walker when Penny was in the middle of doing good things. Then Penny got hurt like we knew he would. And Walker came in and did very, 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 very well. And there is some data like I said, if you didn't watch the game and you look at a spreadsheet, you'll sit there and go, he was inefficient. These 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 data mining fantasy football people out there that just look at data and that's it, and that drives everything. They don't use like gut instinct or their eyes to check anything. It's crazy because you watch Walker get consumed by three or four defenders at once and like I said, slip it sometimes and be mesmerized and be like, how the hell did he do that? And then other times he gets smash the pieces like they're improving their offensive line they're a run heavy team the the the, the run blocking is going to get better and better and and having jsn is going to going to you know create some room as well and he's going to cause some some yeah. chaos look, in 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 back in uh and what look what walker did during, uh at san francisco game that should tell you what kind of back he is number one defense or arguably the number one defense last year right and Walker, he, he ran and he caught the ball, caught the ball, and he, he almost got Seattle back in the game. Yep. Walker also – By keep, himself. You gotta, there's a couple players in the National Football League last year that if you look at data only, you're going to miss the boat. And Walker's obviously one of them for everything I just said, that you, he got con, you, get, you got just consumed by defenders at times, and it made some of his efficiency stats look garbage. But if you watch him, you know that it wasn't his fault. And he was so elusive, and he was coming out of college, it's ridiculous to not see not just a good running back, but an elite running back. And so to throw crazy back at, at, at Scared Scotty, I think it's crazy if you don't think he's an elite running back. If you think he's average or whatever, that's insane. You haven't watched. You didn't watch a single carry. Is what that tells me, Scotty. But I will say this. I will say this. There's other. Walker will walking boot by week seven. 
That's just crazy wishing uh, injury on a player. So here's what I'll say about a couple other players, too. You look at ETN. You look at ETN. You look at uh, Walker. You look at a lot of players. ETN, if you judge ETN's goal line abilities and his efficiency off of last year, and you don't take into account the missed opportunities, the weird touchdowns that didn't go his way, the four goal line carries in a row where he got completely swarmed before he even almost touched the football, and judge him and call him a bad goal line back, or say that you know the guy's not efficient, they'll never hand it to him again. Like Those are four carries in a row that were awful, that nobody would have done anything with. And there's two or three touchdowns that got left on the table because... They did some weird play, and you had, what's his name, come into the game? What was that guy at the backup? Not James Robinson, the other guy. Uh, Hasty. Hasty came in and ripped off a touchdown run. James Robinson came out, uh, came in and ripped off a touchdown run. There were at least at least three touchdowns that should have been ETNs. That you, you could play that game all day long, I get it. But they were clear as day, like weird situations. And then ETN had all these weird carries. ETN is the one player that I think you look at efficiency data and stuff like that, goal line especially, you're, you're going to get misled tremendously. So be careful on that. But Walker, is there risk to Walker? Yeah, that's why I'm not smashing Walker every single time in round four. Like I'm taking Joe Burrow there. I'm taking Gibbs in round four. I'm not like overwhelmingly saying every single time I see Walker at 4.4, I'm snagging him. There is some risk involved in that if you didn't get Charbonnet and Charbonnet did climb in, what if what if this plays out in a way that we know Walker's the man, but Pete doesn't? Like there's there's risk involved. Like I get it, but to not see the home run win a league potential in Walker in four and especially five is that's that's not that's a miss in the boat. That's missing the boat extremely. Hey Smitty. How come, how come there's, like, everybody pick and chooses, right? I mean, every team, there's not one single starting running back out there that doesn't have a valuable, you know, uh, running back that comes in because not every running back can play 100% of it. I mean, look at look at the dynamic. Look at, look at when Henry first came in, right? DeMarco Murray was the guy, right? Mm-hmm. But Henry got his. And, and the same thing is – is look at Pacheco, right? Pacheco killed it last year. He did really good, but you still had McKinnon. McKinnon killed it too. So, so I mean, yeah, yeah, like, like, gonna have one of the They're all. I mean, there's there's no reason why Walker and Charbonnet can't coexist on the same team and both be very highly um, valuable. Yeah, it's a run heavy system, so it can support what you're saying. And the other thing too, and you bring up a good point, and I've said this before and I'm glad you reminded me to say it again, is that Dylan and Aaron Jones are a perfect example of should Dylan be worrying people about Aaron Jones like Charbonnet is worrying people about Walker? Yes. And and even in previous years, as Ron just alluded to, like, what about that? How did Aaron Jones survive and become a top five running back when when A.J. Dillon was on the roster scoring touchdowns and vulturing touchdowns? If you're in a run-heavy system... It doesn't matter. There's going to be, everybody's got a backup. Like Ron said, everybody's got a backup. And there are some scenarios where the backup is as threatening as Charbonnet is. It's just a, what has happened lately? It's like if Zeke Elliott signs right now with the Dallas Cowboys and returns, Pollard's stock is going to drop a half a round. He's got his ADP is going to plummet a half a round because people are just going to be, what's in front of me? 
what what can I look at and not look at it logically and just say, man, you know, just like when Jameer Gibbs landed in Detroit, I admit everybody, including me, was like, wait, wait, what just happened? Let me digest this. Swift is there. It, it definitely was was something that took a moment, but it was literally a moment. Like if, if by the end of the day, you didn't understand that Gibbs was the future, then you're just like, you're just looking at at things from a very, very like distant vantage point and you're not and you're just you're hearing noise you're not looking at the details of it like blind larry just said look at zeke and pollard of course i told you he loves zeke he's drafting zeke yeah blind larry you can call even though he's not on you can call in and defend zeke i don't look i'll admit zeke does look pretty decent in his footage of him working out but it's easy to look good in shorts running or running you know but but i'm surprised he's even moving as well as he is but the bottom line with Zeke is he's not landing a starting job. And so even if he did have a little more left in the tank than most people expect, he's not going to get the opportunity unless he goes somewhere and then the starter gets hurt. I will say this. If Zeke went to a place where, let's say, Buffalo or Kansas City or somewhere where the starter got hurt and he had to go in for four games, he could have three or four touchdowns in four games and have like a really, really good three game stretch. But that's it. It's like Ryan Fitzpatrick type of stuff. You're going to, you want him to come in. He'll look good for a second, but he's going to break down and eventually fall apart. So Zeke Elliott as a four or five game window type of player where you're starting up for three or four or five games due to an injury. I could see it happening. But if you gave him like seven games in a row somewhere, he'd fall apart by the end of like game five or six. So Zeke is good, a good player to add for a team, but he's not going to start. He's going to wait for opportunity. He's going to strike if opportunity presents itself, but then he's going to have a very short amount of games where he actually, you know, he can deliver it. You know, think think of like uh, when did they start when did they start allowing wheelchairs on the field? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. How, I don't know how far off he is from that, but I would say that he's definitely uh, unable to jump into the Salvation Army bin anymore. He's unable to to eat full course meals. He's unable to do the things of of old, and he's certainly going to break down. And multiple uh, scouts and 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 personnel around the league, multiple, have said they think Zeke lost a step, and that's why teams aren't going after him. So um, looks good in in his in you know in his workout videos and such. But and I know he's hungry. He's still hungry enough, but he's not going to get fed like he used to. That's for sure. Um, and, and, and I also think it, it's so funny that the back to Gibbs real quick is just, I love that people think Monty is, is a threat to Gibbs. Um, Detroit, like Seattle, they're going to run the ball a ton. There's room for what Monty is going to do. And keep in mind, Jamal Williams, how many yards did Jamal Williams rush for last year? What was Jamal Williams like rushing line? Jamal, let me find it real quickly. Like, it's so funny. And, and no one's talking about Jamal in New Orleans. Jamal is such a good player. He did so good. He had he had, he had had a really good season. It was a unique season. So, 10-66. I don't even think he has, the, uh, Monty has that 1,000-yard season. And, and 10-66 on, 17, or on 18, or 17 games now. 10-66 divided by 17 is 62 yards a game. If I had to guess, I would say Monty could easily get 40 to 50 yards rushing a game, which is almost a 1,000-yard season, and and not even dent what Gibbs is doing on the ground because Gibbs only needs about five or, or about 600 to 900 yards on the ground. 
I think he he topples over that 580 on underdog, which is is one of the the most amazing uh, over unders. Where where is that that higher low? Let me see if I can find it and put it on the screen here. I I don't know if this is it. Is this it? No, it's Trevor Lawrence 26.5. Guys, link is pinned in the live chat. Underdog fantasy promo code Smitty. These these higher lows are amazing. Use code Smitty. Or use the link which inserts code Smitty for you. Underdog will match up to $100 in your first deposit. But this new higher low game, this feature on Underdog is fantastic. You can do higher on, on a player's season-long stats now. It's a brand new feature. And 26.5 TDs for, for Trevor Lawrence is just, that's a cakewalk. There's so many of these that are just amazing. What's this one right here? This one is uh, Trevor uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, 22.5 passing touchdowns. He's going to smash that to pieces. Um, but anyways, Jameer Gibbs is 580 rushing yards. He's going to topple that very easily. But you don't need him to get more than 700 to 900 rushing yards. So Monty has no relation to it, his success at all. They're completely different roles in the offense. It's it's ridiculous to argue. Um, scared Scotty, you got anything else that you're scared about today? Uh, just to finish up the Dobbins, he's also on a run-heavy offense. And there's nobody threatening him, and he averages 5.9 yards a carry. Well, I, I think that you're 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 right to like him. He's more dynamic than Walker. Oh, he's not. He's not more dynamic than Walker. <laughs> sure he is. He had nine touchdowns his first year. There he is. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, who's very injury prone, who's holding out, by the way, right now, which is. Not a smart move because he has no, no, no. He has no reason to warrant holding out. He he can't stay healthy. I like I like him. Trevor, that is the thirty nine, the three thousand nine hundred sixty five. Because there's no way he's not throwing for four thousand yards. I agree with that. We can agree on that. But Dobbins, my man, has played. He played. uh, He played. He missed what two games? I think in twenty twenty. Missed the entire 2021 season, and he only played eight games in 2022. If you want a red flag, uh, not being available is probably the biggest red flag in fantasy football. What? That was a major knee injury. It wasn't like it was a bunch of different injuries. Well, I'm just saying, he he, he doesn't, there's, there's a whole year he missed and then eight games. He played eight games, so it's not like he just—it's not like he missed one. He's not like he missed one season. He missed a season and a half. So that's a lot of time in two years. That's a lot of time, and he was a very injury-prone player walking into his rookie year. He was very, very thought of as, as a very injury-prone player, and that was the biggest knock on J.K. And it's proven to be true. So I—I'm I, not saying you're 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 unwise to like J.K. Dobbins. I even did a video or talked about it right before his holdout announcement that this is the most excited I've been about J.K. Dobbins since his rookie year. And I did like him a lot coming into his rookie year. But this is a new offense. We don't know how it's going to shake out. I think they want to use him, but he's missing time right now learning his new offense as they're implementing it for the first time. And when you say there's no competition, I mean, they, they, they could still bring in somebody. He's holding out right now. They might actually threaten that as a, a reason to maybe bring in somebody else. Uh, Gus Edwards is still in the picture. I wouldn't say that he's he's a nothing. He's certainly a player that could take work away from him. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's as clear cut as you think. Yeah, that's it. What? 
Change of pace. Something. It's the J.K. Dobbins show in Baltimore, man. He's gonna he's gonna run for a ton. Okay. All right, brother. I'm gonna jump off. All here. Right. I'll see you at midnight. Later, pal. Hey, hey, Smitty. Yeah. Hey, as your uh, producer, it's about time to wrap things up because we need you back here for the graveyard and drafting tonight. Don't you think? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I probably probably need to eat. I, this is my second live of the day. So maybe I will. Maybe I will. I'm tired. I need food. I need fuel. Um, let's go around the the horn anyway. I was about to do that. Uh, Scuba Steve, final thoughts. Hey, I'll, um, I guess I'll just I'll just leave it on. Uh, I guess what you guys are talking about between the whole J.K. Dobbins and uh, and um, Kenneth Walker, uh, Kenneth Walker debate. I mean, yeah. To me, I really don't think there is a debate. I mean, I, I'd rather have Walker myself. Uh, and also, too, is like I, I know that uh, you're big on Charbonnet, and it's it's definitely not uh like you said. It's not like like two guys can definitely coexist. I mean, it's happened with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and uh, there's been like different backfields, but two guys have have been success have been uh, successful. So, Kenneth uh, Walker has already shown. I mean, the guy can stay on the field. I mean, J.K. JK Dobbins for like what it's worth. I mean, the guy can't really stay on, uh, stay out there. And they try to bring in like Gus Edwards. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they try to go after like Dalvin Cook or something, like just to bring somebody else in, just because they're not sure what's like J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I want to emphasize, I love J.K. I do. I love his talent. I love his ability to get five yards a pop. I do. I, I, I agree that he can be a five yard per carry running back, but. I think history's told us he's very injury prone and we have to we have to account for that. And I think if Walker and Charbonnet are, I mean you could get like he said, you could get Charbonnet and you could get um JK. It's not like you can't enjoy Charbonnet as well, the the, the serv- his services. Yeah. But like you might not have a running back. At least with Walker and Charbonnet, you have a running back. You have a running back no matter almost no matter what. Unless both of them in a crazy fashion got hurt. But like Charbonnet and JK, you could be left without an RB. I just think in the fourth, like in, yeah. in the fourth, fourth round, especially top of five, I, I've never liked my team better on an underdog, and we'll be drafting tonight than when Walker falls too far. Like the the, the perfect ideal team is you draft all these amazing players, and then in round five, Walker falls to you somehow, and he's your fifth drafted player, and you're like, what in the hell did I just create? What did I just create? Well, I mean, I. I, I... I think everybody's worried about Charbonnet, but 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 like to, to the point too is that uh, with, with Kenneth Walker, you know that you're going to be guaranteed touchdowns inside the five with uh, the Ravens. You know, Lamar Jackson is a threat to steal inside the five. You might think that you're going to get like a handoff touchdown and, and Lamar sneaks in there. So it's not like really like guaranteed with like the running back touchdown. At least with Kenneth Walker, even even if like he's like for whatever reason, even if they spit volume, you know that he'll probably be the goal line back because. Cause he is the bigger back, so I, like you know, at least he'll be getting like the goal line carries, and uh, I'm pretty sure you think that the Seattle offense is going to be good, especially with like the three wide receivers that they have out there. So I mean, uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather have Kenneth Walker, and, and if I can get him in the fifth round too, because everybody's worried about Charbonnet, I'll take him, and, and then like you said, I'll just pair him up together. Um, 
Mac says, in best ball, that's horrible advice to draft both. Okay, Mac. I don't know if Mac's talking to me. <laughs> Mac. I don't know if Mac's saying it's bad to cuff Charbonnet to Walker. I don't know. First time I've ever heard that, Mac. That was the first time I've ever... Maybe he's talking to somebody else. Could be talking to somebody else. Uh, but yeah, Walker Charbonnet is a gold mine in, in best ball. In the late fourth, but preferably like fifth would be just... I mean, you're walking straight to the bank. If you get Walker in top of five and you snag Charbonnet, you're safeguarding everything. That's glory. I just, Absolute straight glory. Don't listen to Mac. I agree with you. Unless and, Mac's talking. And uh, also, too, also, too, before I hang up, I mean, uh, just to talk about, too, uh, if you really think about it, though, like, like uh, that, that's probably as clear as, like, you know, as, like, as, like, that is, like, the second guy is, like, a handcuff. If you really think about it, like, all the other backfields, uh, you, you really have no idea what's going to go down, especially, like, with the – with the 49ers, if, if McCaffrey's down, uh, you don't really know like what Kyle Shanahan will do. I mean, he he, tr- he tried bringing in like a whole bunch of like different guys. So I, I guess I guess it's always good. Like the handcuff situation is always good. But I feel like it, it's to definitely know that like if somebody's going down, that you know that he's that he's going to step in and like get all the volume. And I feel like there's like there is like some backfields where like it like it, it's not necessarily like one guy will, will take like that guy's workload. It's, sometimes it's like. You'll have like uh, like the top stud will go down and there'll be like two guys that'll like split time. You'll have no idea like what to do. Yeah, uh, Ron says we didn't get a graveyard last night. The reason I didn't do a graveyard, yeah, Mondays and Wednesdays I don't usually go live at night. That's the only two days I don't. I try and take two days, two evenings off, so I don't get burned out. Um, and that usually does me good to have a couple days like that. But I mean, I'm still going live at 7 p.m. every one of those days. It's not like I'm taking any kind of day off. It's just, uh, you know, the doubles and triple shows. I usually, on Mondays and Wednesdays, try to back off on that a little bit. Uh, I appreciate you, uh, Scuba. We'll see you later, pal. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to call in tonight, man. You have a good night, man. All right, later. And uh, Blake, final thoughts, Blake. Um, I'm just real. I, I really like Kenneth Walker this year, like, over J.K. Dobbins. I mean, I like J.K. Dobbins, but I don't know if you guys remember that uh, that run that he had against Arizona last year. Where he got caught? I watched it a couple days ago. He was just, like, carrying people on his back. And oh, that, just, like, that, that's not... that, that run. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant the one, one where he got yeah, caught. run is – that is not a normal run. Like, And I feel like even with Charbonnet there, like, it's kind of like – I feel like it might be, like, a Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt type of situation. Like, he can still be effective even with another back there. Like, I just don't really feel like Charbonnet is going to – like, he may take some of that away. I feel like he can still be an amazing back. Yeah. Yeah, Charbonnet is definitely an intriguing player that I want to have, like, in every draft. Um, But, again, Walker. And tonight we draft, guys. Tonight we draft. Let's, let's, you know, make sure we keep uh, ADPs kind of in order and don't reach too much. But I've noticed that, that, you know, if I get into a sort of uh, reaching environment, I'm starting to draft differently. And just getting, just taking advantage of the reaching. And I, I recommend everybody do that as well. But uh, I'm out of here. Uh, appreciate you, uh, Blake. We'll see you tonight, pal. All right, see you. All right, Ron, any final thoughts? Yeah, I normally don't go live on Mondays or, or Wednesdays. So we didn't, it's not like we were missing something yesterday. That was normal. That was normal. I know, we all feel like we're missing something, though. Oh, I got you. Because even on those days that you say that you're going... Usually, you still find some news or something to come on and go. Live. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
But yeah, no, it's good. To, it's it's good to get off right now because it's like six o'clock my time. I can go grab food and I'll have a, some some time. So I'll see you guys in about three hours. Yep. Have right. a good one. All right. Later on. Later. Appreciate everybody calling in. Even scared Scotty. You know, scared scared Scotty's definitely um, a unique man that we like to have around. Um, keeps us on our toes. So. Everybody go to the link that is pinned in the live chat and it's in the description of every video. Click that link. It'll insert promo code Smitty for you. If you go there without clicking the link, enter promo code Smitty. We'll be drafting tonight on Underdog. That link in the live chat, in the description. Underdog Fantasy will get you ready to go and then just wait for my instructions once we're on the live of how to get into the $4 um, Chihuahua Drafts Best Ball one QB, two running back, three wide receiver, one flex, one tight end, 10 bench spots, 20, what is it, 25, what is it, $25,000, um, yeah, 20, 250K in prizes, $25,000 to first place, 15000 to second, 12500 to third, and so on and so on. We'll be drafting live tonight. Now get out of here. Your eyes. Garrett Wilson and the boys. Your eyes. Rogers has new toys. Your eyes. The lights, the heat. Your eyes. The Jets fan complete. Your eyes. You don't want to test Sauce Gardner's heat. Your eyes. I want to watch Breeze Hall's quick feet. Jets country, let's ride. Horsemen drafting chase in round one, Hall in two, Burrow in three, London in four, Try Gibbs in three, Burrow in four, Wilson in two. No problem. Combinations of these monsters will give your league mates nightmares, especially B. John one, Alavi two, Burrow three, and Gibbs four. Don't lie, you just made an oopsie in your pants, didn't you? Ride for horses at the same time, the four horsemen. Uh, Rockout dropping a $5 holler says I'm officially a one year one year being a YouTube exclusive member. Rockout to the absolute moon. The Appreciate moon. Rockout. Mars, man. Rockout. And and I hope Bruce is doing good. I haven't heard from Bruce in a while. I know he's recovering from that cranial surgery like a boss. Probably has some able to like predict the future. And I think they I think they unlock some gateways for him because Bruce has been on a mission lately. Uh, we need to get Brucey back in here, though. Uh, appreciate Brucey and Super Chats. I think I'm caught up on everything. Rock out. Thank you. Anthony dropped a Super Chat. Dynasty startup draft. Six points per cheating pass. Went fields. Oh, I'm sorry. Anthony, I didn't see this. Uh, Rax Poker. I think I saw this one right here. Thanks for the insight, Smitty. Where do I sign up for the draft tonight? Uh, yeah, I already got to that one. Thank you, Rax, for dropping that. Thank you, uh, Dallas, for the kind words. Sand on the best YouTube channel. Appreciate you. And then Anthony, Anthony, you still here? Anthony's question was Dynasty Superflex startup, six points per TD pass, went fields at 1.9. Love that. 
Garrett Wilson, Gibbs, and and uh, Anthony Richardson at 2.4. Smashed it, Anthony. Just straight annihilation going on on that side of the fence, bro. What are you doing over there to your friends? You're going to have... These guys aren't going to talk to you ever again, Anthony. Fields, Garrett Wilson, Gibbs, and Anthony Richardson in a super flex dynasty startup. Six points per TD pass. Absolute... Just smashed it. Annihilation. In fact, hold on a second. King 25, code 428. Dispatch, Vito, Popo. Popo's been dispatched. King 25, out. Yeah, um, it wasn't a trade uh, robbery I'm reporting, but I want to report somebody that's that's uh, completely uh, salting his league with his draft strategy. His name's Anthony. And uh, yeah, he took... He's got... He's got Fields in, in round one in a, in a Superflex Dynasty startup. He got Anthony Richardson. He's still got Gibbs and Garrett Wilson. I know! I know! It's absolutely insane! Anthony, you get that response? Hopefully Anthony's watching. Uh, G. Mike says he's drafting with the dog tonight. Wife's out of town. Let's do it live. See you all tonight. Peace out. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed.